My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Okay, uh, so we're, we're rolling. I'm just going to slate it real quick and that's going to be the start, I guess. Okay. Unless I use this, everything so far. So uh, well, let, me, let me just catch my breath. I don't want to be out of the breath. <laughs> you're like coming into it and you're... <laughs> All right. Okay. All righty. Tom Prophet, take six. With uh, Kevin McCauley here uh, debuting his, uh, I guess, paperback of the book. That's the book, right. The Bebop. Was it the Bebops? That's or right. Because I, I, I think there was somewhere I saw like the bee that does the bop or something. Yeah, so the screenplay is the bee bops, and then I adapted the screenplay into a kid's book. And the kid's book, I changed the name a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and the kid's book is called The Bee That Danced the Bop. Nice. And yeah. actually, uh, this is the hardcover right here, and it's officially uh, yeah, let's put available so people can see. on Amazon. The hardcover right. is officially available. There we go. It's probably not a little bit blurry. Sorry. So the paperback know. has been available since November. Yeah. And now the hardback is also available on Amazon. Nice. So, dude, it's been a, two options. It's been a while since we've seen each other. I know. Well, then we, since... we we did talk because of the the wedding stuff and and uh yeah and congratulations on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. But, since uh, uh, since Rusty Spade, right? Yeah, dude. Oh man, <laughs> that was. We're, we'll that... probably get into that. Um. That was a fun shoot. Yeah. It was challenging, but uh oh, yeah. definitely got a lot out of it. Yeah. At I, least from an acting standpoint. Yeah, I felt like um yeah, I'll, well, maybe we can get into that early. But real quick, uh just for anybody uh who is wondering, um we'll do we'll keep a we'll give a, a brief uh explanation. You uh ha, ha, tell us about yourself real quick and uh or any explanation you have. Okay. Uh, so actually my full-time job, I am a, a, a Delaware state trooper. Um, I am on patrol. I am on the dive team. I possibly am, will be on the SWAT team Ooh. this week. I find out I went through SWAT school wow. and then I have uh, a martial arts background. So I got into acting a couple years ago. I wanted to do the stunts initially um, with the martial arts background. And then I ended up falling in love with the acting side of it. So I started acting mm -hmm. um, recently. I started writing. I started uh, producing. And then uh, I authored my first kid's book. Gnarly. So. Yeah, Did, yeah and you know, just to like, so I first, I'll, I'll talk about it, like how I usually ask the guests, like how did I, we first meet and it, it goes on forever, um, which is fine. But like, I have so many things I want to touch on today. Um, and usually I can get through three questions and that's it. Our podcast so we'll, we'll, we're, <laughs> gonna, we're gonna try we're gonna be jumping around a bit um so yeah dude like when i first i was doing feeding the fire i remember you reached well, i was looking for extras for like a i think like bar scene and theater scenes and all that sorts of stuff and this is the the back when we really started working on it and then before we took a hiatus and then worked on it again and made it much better um and actually finished it that that was when you first reached out to me on yep. film.org and you know i was i was reading uh, you know it stuck out to me i was like 
oh, yo, that's that's sick. You're like a Delaware State Trooper. I'm like, this this is somebody who's not just uh, somebody who's trying to make films or like be an actor or whatever. He's actually lived something, <laughs> unlike me. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. I want to be. I want to. I want to work with this dude somehow. Um, and like it took a while and, you know, and I think while I was working on feeding the fire, I actually kind of started picturing you and this other actor for, uh, these roles for this like world war two film I've been writing since I'm still writing it. Wow. Okay. It's, it's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. Keep me in the loop. Dude. It's, it's, I've been re I've, I've re, uh, I've kind of just rethought everything about writing for myself. Like. And we're going to get into a lot of writing today because I have, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, because let's it's do a it. Good freaking script. Also, do you want? Do you care if we talk? We curse at all? Is it? If we want to keep it clean, we can try. I'll try my best. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay. I, yeah. I don't really curse, but if yeah. I, you know, if Just, it, I mean, because I don't know if you had like like a particular audience like that you wanted to show this to. No, no, okay. whatever you feel yeah. comfortable doing. Okay. I'm, you know, well, yeah, well, I'm, we'll whatever I'm game. comes naturally. Yeah, whatever all comes right. out. Yeah, because I, I might forget. <laughs> But yeah, so um, I start yeah, started writing this uh, World War II film with you in mind, and I've been, and then that's why I got you and a bunch of other people in, into Rusty Spade, which is that short film. Um, I, w I actually wasn't even thinking about doing it for a while, and it was something that just came back to me year after year after year for like what seven years? I don't know, maybe 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 less. Um, it was back in 2013, I think I had it, the idea for it, wow. and it, it started as uh, three guys in the woods, and they're all on like. They're all hopped up on something, and and there's a shovel, and they're killing each other with it. I, that was literally how it started. It was the worst way of starting an idea, I think. Um, I think we made the most of it in terms of story. Um, you did for, for yeah for oh, oh. and then I the think one, I put I, the one take. I always feel like I could improve if I were to reapproach it, but we'll get into that. But um, yeah, and then so yeah, like you stuck out to me immediately, and and that's like like yeah like like. The fact that you you have this kind of real world um, experience with like like Delray State Trooper, I feel like that um, helps you out with your art, with like with um uh, your 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 writing, all right. these all these different things, and you know it, like it really showed when I was working with you on like Rusty Spade because I mean you for one you knew how to handle a gun, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's. Was like just hardcore into things. the role doing yeah. push-ups in between takes you know yeah you were in it you were like uh i get intense you're like tom i need i what is it okay if i don't talk to anybody during this shoot between <laughs> takes i'm like go for it <laughs> it was it was a, a hardcore character you know yeah. and just you have to be yeah focused the whole time for it a was, role I, like I that, guess, is that specifically considered method or i don't know yeah i guess that's what people call it yeah i guess there's different ways of explaining it but yeah um hold on uh so you got SWAT. We're but gonna get but, into but interesting yeah. enough, I wanted to mention, I must have applied to over a hundred roles really? when I first started. And the hardest thing with acting is they want you to have a re the resume. They want you to have experience, but you can't get a resume. You can't get experience until you yeah. get roles. So it's kind of like, you know, a, that's shocking. A hard you. thing to that... start. So I applied to over a hundred roles, and then I finally heard back from you for the extra spot. Yeah. So you were actually the first person who hundred roles reached out to me. me. Yep. Just for extras, you finally uh, just got... everything. You know everything I could find. I was just if if I fit the, so this the is... character type and description, I would put in for it. Yeah, this is weird because it's like. So a while ago, me and um, I think I was talking to Darlene. I actually did this with her at once, where we were we were working on this thing called uh, like cinematic monologues and it was basically going to be the service that my company provided to actors you know who couldn't get a role 
and would you know i would you know you basically pay for like a production and i think it, it's evolved to this point to it would be like a sorry if i burp it's like a scene um where two actors can pay like like their half um and then to be in a scene together we produce like this scene that they can use for their reels and then they can send that to people and it looks they, good they can have it's something shot on to like start cinema camera with good my audio mm -hmm. and i didn't i haven't done it because i'm like just get a go go apply to roles and get a role in a film where people are really like determined to make it good if, it, if it's that hard but it like, is hard i will I say I it's hard like i said well, you know uh, over no. 100 roles and that's because i didn't have experience i didn't have an acting background i didn't go to school for acting you know that's it's kind of like uh actually it's it's interesting i'm i've wanted for a while to like dp some stuff and i'm and, and back when i was doing like i was working on another film and you know i had this really advanced dp reach out to me who taught me so much just working with them because it's like you 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 feed off of like their mindset when you are around them and working with them right. like just talking to them and then them kind of critiquing everything you're doing it's like it brings you up to a new level and that's what happened with feeding the fire is i met somebody who like it was going terribly i met somebody who was going to replace the old dp dp they we end up working on something else but then that i was like it's just not me or whatever you know pretentious artist <laughs> syndrome um and i i i basically but but it brought me like it brought that film and, and me up to a new level but it also kind of got me cocky because i was like i was overestimating my own abilities which led into rusty spade um doing a one take a one, one take day. man we'll get into that um we'll probably get into that sooner um but yeah i was like where was like uh, yeah it's hard like i was like why is this guy trying to dp my film like who am i like like he could be dping on it I, i'm not he's volunteering to do this and he's he's actually willing to chip in money on it i'm like what now i get it because it's like i've tried like reaching out occasionally and i'm like why 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 aren't they then again i think i just don't have really good examples of dp because i haven't done it yet. like I, I mean i've done like a few things where i like i shot it but I haven't done something where it was a serious project where somebody else's heart was in it, like, like to the degree I would have it for my real films, not my sketches. I shoot my sketches, but then again, I'm in them. And that's right. that just, I, I want something where I'm actually 100% focused on cinematography and, and actually like we're planning it ahead of time because I mean, I feel like I can really like I've I, I, like recently I've started learning, going really diving deep into color grading um like the last um podcast i did with david that was probably i i actually feel like i've made such an improvement on the look of my of my work because i i re i graded that from the ground up with the, instead of just using some of the standard LUTs that come with this and then i used to do this thing where i would uh i would you know isolate the the colors of the skin and then add red to the shadows which was in which was a there's a theoretical thing that it's like it it may it, it emphasizes like blood flow so it makes the person seem more alive on camera okay. it worked to a degree but i was like now i'm like no it's just better when you do skin tones natural looking and that so i think like and that's good for news for wedding videography like my wedding is gonna weddings are look, gonna look better i think and uh i'm just yeah and it just taught me like how to work with nodes which is like like creating a node tree with just all these different things that change the color and i've also learned how to you know make it a cleaner isol like a cleaner isolate like certain colors and 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 things like you can you can pick like a color or like a 
or even go into the advanced settings of choosing like I want everything within this um, le level of shadows and this okay. level of highlights. Isolate that plus this color spectrum within that, and that's how you like isolate colors wow. and you know, the skin tone, all that stuff. And you do what you can to like keep the skin tones intact, and then change everything else to like if you want like green shadows right. to like like make it like a finchery look. You know, you can do that or or crush the shadows a little bit, but keeping the skin tones intact, it looks natural. But it has the feel and the look of it. Amazing, yeah. amazing what you guys can do. I don't know anything about Try, that yeah. stuff. Trying to get into that. That is more. not my expertise at all. Um, but it's it's interesting, just the trial and error and putting yourself around. Yeah. You know, good people or people that know what they're doing to to learn that kind of stuff. You have you have a so you guys have a like a, you have a DP on the film. I probably shouldn't talk about this because I'm gonna help help out on it. Yeah, right now we do. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the um, film we're shooting in February. What, what, what cameras are you using? If he needs, um, needs a borrow. To be what, honest I, with you, again, I don't really know much ab talking. about that yeah, aspect we'll, of, of we'll, filming and acting, yeah. but um, yeah, we can talk. We can talk uh, after this about all that. But yeah, it's shooting in February. It's a short action, yeah. and uh, got a lot of great people on board. So I'm yeah, yeah I really pumped about that. I, I was like, I need to work on this, you know. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna make it. It's work. it's gonna be a lot of fun, dude. It looked, and especially I read doing it uh, the other night. The like, yeah, the short, the short. Yeah, yeah okay. as soon as I finished the 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 bebop thing, um. And we haven't gotten to that yet, but we'll, well, real quick, let me talk about, we'll get to SWAT, hopefully. <laughs> Rusty Spade, real quick. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll hold that for the end. Um, so, first off, the, the, this, the, the Bebop, the script, I could see why it won award, an award. Uh, I, like, when I first heard about that, I was like, I, I didn't even know you wrote, like, you were writing, and I was... And I, I want to ask you, like, well, in a second, like, how, how that all how, started. When, when, when did that start? Because I was like, that was out of the blue for me. Yeah. I didn't really know. Um, but that's awesome. Uh, but, dude, uh, I don't say this very often because I realize it's like there's hundreds and thousands of hours of work involved with it, making a film sometimes. It can go to thousands. But, hey, if, you've, uh, if you're like, if you need a, if, you're, if, you'd, if you want, if you need like a help with producing or, you know, okay. directing or whatever. Yeah, you know. man. Uh, did you see that, I, I love that networking stupid Lego and... animation thing I did? <laughs> I think I did, yeah, yeah. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, that was, that almost killed my 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 old laptop. <laughs> Dude, that, that's cool stuff that you know how to do. That's, I mean, that's impressive. How I started uh, just making animations, but I mean, it, I I was like, I wanted to try a bunch of stuff with After Effects, where where every character was isolated, like each character was animated separate. But I I had planned with storyboards everything, um, every shot, um. I also then did the sound first, which is really important. I'll get into that um, later. Um, the that that animation, like I I had done things that I had been like thinking about. How could I do this? I was just thinking about it for years because there's so many things. Like it's really hard to have all these characters moving with the camera moving simultaneously. Like like it's a handheld shot. Like I did. I was. I managed to. It's all computerized. I mean, the characters or the characters are actual elements, like literal characters on a green screen. Wow. Okay. But I, I, I did the math, not the math. Um, I, I knew what shots I needed to get of each character, and I kept the camera at the same distance, um, and position, and and the same lighting setup for each thing, so that it came together and it blended together. Wow. And it looked like it, it. But I, I'd like to get into like, like, like I wanted to ask up. Uh, for this, are you imagining it like 2D or 3D animated? 
Um, either one would work, I think. Yeah. Uh, nothing spe- uh, specific with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I mean, basically, this is the adaption of the screenplay, and yeah. I'm using this to ch- kind of promote the idea, promote the story, That's and get idea. it out there. And I don't even think I got into like like what's what's a brief synopsis of it. Because I don't think I even touched on that or he asked you. So you probably touched on it. Yeah. So uh, the Bebops, the screenplay itself, it's basically uh, about this insecure chubby bee who doesn't really fit in in, in his hive uh, because he loves dancing and he loves music and he doesn't go anywhere without his little portable radio. He listens to rock and roll, 50s rock and roll music and dances the bop. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he doesn't fit in with his hive because... Dancing and music is outlawed. It's against the rules. Yeah. Anything that's a distraction is outlawed. So so any kind of art, any kind of entertainment, it's outlawed in the hive. Um, so so he doesn't really feel like he fits in. And eventually, after you finish school in this in this beehive, you are assigned a job. You don't even get to pick. They just tell you where you're going to go mm-hmm. to help the hive. And ironically, um, Bernie, who's the main character, uh, he he gets assigned to mm-hmm. the to the army. He's a soldier bee which is really not like his personality. And um, just to try to sum it up quick, because I don't want to give anything away. Basically, a a monster threatens the hive. It ends up being a giant hornet. And he gets separated from the hive. And he kind of goes on this different path where he is able to pursue his his dream of dancing and music. And he links up with kind of like a money-driven cricket (laughs) <laughs> who who convinces him hey Connie, we can do Connie. this we can we can uh we can use your dancing abilities we can use uh my business abilities and we can create uh this uh business opportunity together and they go to a foreign land they start this uh group called the bebops they get it's other like dancing bugs <laughs> it's kind of like the beatles so they get other dancing bugs and uh basically it's a dancing troupe so they dance to rock and roll music they do the bob they do the boogie woogie uh you know all that old 50s dancing uh, uh the jive uh the cha-cha and uh Keep going eventually eventually they kind of have a falling out and he has to go another another path um which eventually leads him back to his hive yeah so I, I love the 40s and like the, like the 50s and like, like the era's elements like like the fact that like the hive it starts out on the hive uh, if I can say that the hive is like this it's like the it's it's like the pristine like perfect neighborhood where where like like everything's you know perfect yep. like in the 50s or whatever yep. I I love that I love that it's just I as soon as I started reading it I was like all right this is this is different like like this isn't like a like a normal script where it's like it's obvious that the, like 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 it's like okay this is like an amateur writing. It feels like a Pixar film, you know. Thank you, appreciate Dude, that. I wanted to done. add a lot of layers to it, and just the the dancing elements, the musical elements. I wanted to show, uh, you know, you see, you see fifties rock and roll, you see forties jazz, you see even sixties rock and roll at the end, even seventies disco at the very end. Um, but I just wanted to add a whole bunch of different elements yeah. uh, to the screenplay itself. Now. I want to, I'm going to jump to another question, um, it, uh, in my list. Uh, what, like what, what is your, I think, how, how long have you been writing? Let's ask that. When so it initially started as me wanting to create a stunt reel with my friend and me and him both came up with this like short story idea 
And that was probably probably like two years ago. Damn. Uh, I think I want to say after we did Rusty Spade, like that summer. And then from that, that short story, I came up with a whole backstory and came up with a whole feature film idea based on that. And that's uh, where I came up with my first screenplay, my feature uh, called Satori. Yeah, yeah. I was reading that. I liked it. And I love the 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 little if I I don't know the the music element I'll just say that okay yeah, yeah. I, I went on I was, the I was like, yeah all right perfect I gotta see where he's going with this I like it yeah so then I started with that and I knew nothing about screenwriting I had no idea what I was doing I just sat oh, okay. down behind my laptop and and started typing and I would look up YouTube videos I would I would get books and read books That's and figure out question, how to do man. this how did you teach you like like do you you taught yourself like, I taught where myself you, where. Uh, send me some of these resources. Okay, yeah, I can send I, you I like some what you've done. some YouTube videos. The one the one book that really helped me, um, it's uh, Jill Cham- Jill Chamberlain's book. Um, I can't remember the name right now, but it's a screenwriting book, and it kind of gives you the structure. Yeah, and it it tells you how to create, uh, basically like the opposites. Like so, in the beginning of the screenplay, you're your character wants something right and then Mm -hmm. you know near the second act at the end he wants the opposite so you create like that irony the opposite and um you know just tells you how to write that three act structure you know the first act's 25 percent, and then because you did it second act 75 percent, and then third act you know obviously finishes wraps up the film and then it shows the character arc yeah you you managed to Basically, you know, you start out with this problematic world where the problem's clear and, and it's like you're you're interested, you're excuse me, you're hooked. And and it's and it's a unique world. Excuse me again. Um and you it, I can see how it would be a very visual vi- like like a really awesome visual um visualized world you know once it's visualized on the screen like i feel like like just the, the kind of the things you laid out it makes for a very visually pleasing interesting visually interesting film um which like not like that's something somebody like you gotta do that tom like 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 reading my scripts i'm like oh, i just i just want to do something on a location that i can i know i can get yeah. <laughs> like 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 there was a advice from a screenwriter recently i heard that bugs me but i think there's truth to it but i think it's like it's not a hard fast rule but it it's something you if you can stick to it it helps you it's take you know think of the first three locations you can think of and go with the fourth meaning you know your house your bedroom your your car you thought of those where you can play this scene out none go with the fourth and that and usually it's or, or go with a location that people want to go not places that they know they can go Go to places you can you that you that people want to go. Take right. the places they want to go, and that's be with animation is you can take places people places that you can't really go. Right. You can create new places. Right. And you've done that. Um. I. I now I. The reason I'm kind of hesitant to like subscribe to that completely is it's like this. It's it's um. Well, it's, it's hard as an indie filmmaker. Yeah. You know? And, and you know what? Especially... Because you might not have those resources to yeah. take an audience someplace like that. Especially if, like, you're like I was, where I spent five years trying to write a thing, and it just buried me deeper and deeper. Because I didn't have I didn't have the right guidance. Plus, I'm ADHD, and I just kept diving into, like, one element. And just, <laughs> like, I couldn't 
like get I couldn't get out of it and, and, and just finish something without structure around me. And I had to create that structure with friends and feedback mechanisms, which I can get into. And it's, you know, uh, what ended up happening was, you know, I just kept trying to make something and write something that I could turn into a film because I was like, I haven't made a film in a while. And I call myself a filmmaker and I'm just here writing stuff. And so then I um, tried writing something, but then I ended up writing this thing that involved uh, these guys trying to, you know, get this girl's number. And it turns into a gunfight in a library with like silencers. And they're like, <laughs> these two guys like start working together. And then all these guys come out of the woodworks, like we're going to get this girl's number. Like, they were, <laughs> they're like trying not to get noticed and spotted. And I'm like, That's and, then, and then it got to a point where there's like That's an explosion idea. in the library. I'm like, where the heck am I going to get this place? Like, and I, and, also, and how are you going to create that? Yeah. And so, and then it, after that, I was like, all right, this next script, it's a 15 minute film or whatever. And it's going to be nothing but like, Aaron Sorkin style, you know, verbal action where it's like the only action is two characters using words to get what they want or to go somewhere with the story. And ultimately the, the character will have like an arc or hopefully I'll try to figure it out how to make that arc. And uh, that's, that became like the big problem for me, um, learning how to do that. And it's one that felt real to me. Like it has to feel like that's like like something real so that i have the, the 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 motivation to work on it and um so what ended up happening was you know i was like i started working on you know ideas and then you know the idea of let's let, let's do it at a rest like you like like what, what if we do a, a script where the scenes could be done anywhere all that matters is the dialogue it doesn't really matter where it's done now i didn't exactly do that but i it that led to feeding the fire Okay. And it was this exercise and let's just do something that people are, some people are going to read it and say, well, some people are going to love it because th they sense what we were after the, which was just the, 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 a realistic story, like something that f felt real and, and like you saw the, the arc to it or some, some, some semblance of one. And, but it like, but other people would be like, that's it. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, all right, just a bunch of people talking at locations that I've been to. Like, like you know, it's, but it, it, it for me, it's like I was learning how to make a story based on things that inspired me from watching all this classic cinema. Right. Because I've, I, so there's a, a thing that's like Netflix for cinephiles, Criterion Channel. Okay. It started as a film struck, but that went away. And then everybody got an uproar because for good reason, like this was access to a, just a huge library of some of the best films that had ever been made and most people don't have access to and are usually $30 a DVD. Wow. Like, and, and, but then they created Criterion Channel, which was like a replacement. And I've just, I, I watch, I try to watch a film as much as possible in there. And I've watched probably hundreds. Like I've, and. Just to get that idea. And, and that's what it starts yeah. with. Just, you got to start with the idea. You start and, but, with the but, idea but, and then you watch, go from there. Watching all these films, it, it's, it went from, it caused me to go from making this action thing, this stupid action thing that didn't really have much of a, a plot to it. But over time from watching more and more of these, these art films and, and classic films, I just, I started to have like a, so the sense of, of, of realness to it. This is something that felt like it was grounded in, in, in something based on the human condition. And it, and it wasn't based on action, flashy stuff. And, and that's why when the guy says, and this is 
bring this full circle. That's why when that guy said like like you want to take people to the place they they want to go. I mean, yes, but but there there's other things to focus on. There's other that that's that's one you know that can be a target to hit. Right. But if that's the only thing you're trying to hit, there is this mountain of things that that you learn from watching like classic cinema that that these great auteurs, these masters of cinema that that you know they they were they were aiming for greater and greater targets that just you, like I I never even think of going into the movie because I'm like it's it, like I don't know where the movies some of these movies are going to go until I finish it and I'm like and then if I watch it again I'm like oh I I how did I not see where that was going but you what you have to see it to know yeah. because it's such and it feels like such an alien thing like you watch a Kurosawa film like that that's what inspired George Lucas with Star Wars right. like he his uh, film Hidden Fortress was such a, uh, you know, like that was, that's what it, Star Wars, the Whole New Hope started as. Like it, it was a, he was rewriting that script and it started with these two peasants who like, you know, get caught up in this bigger adventure. That's R2-D2 and C-3PO. Wow. Like, and like, that's how Star Wars started. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and there that. was also the, uh, the, like the Darth Vader-esque character who's this samurai who was, you know, you know, turned to the wrong side. Um, because of it, you know, there's a bit of a tragic story to it, but but you know, ultimately becomes you know, you know, good at the end of the film. And but the, you know, George Lucas like expanded that into like a saga. Um, and then you also used um, the planets, um, the, the the orchestra, the, the symphony, or whatever, uh, the planets, and then Rite of Spring by Stravinsky, which are classic um, music pieces that he sent. He he said he did temp music. He basically where you take music that exists. And oops, you basically have you edit to that, and then you say to the composer, "I can't get this out of my head. Do something similar," which is a terrible way to, to direct your your composer. But that ended up becoming the classic music yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, and to then, add to that. Um, and then music is a big thing. Yeah. And that, and when I write, I especially a particular scene, I'll listen to the music that I visualize. Mm -hmm. You know, being in that scene, and it always helps me. Especially yeah. like with the bebops, I could do that with the rock, with the rock and roll and, yeah. and the jazz. Yeah, I'm always I'm always listening to like Mozart, or not Mozart, uh, Beethoven or Hans Zimmer. Classical music. Hans Zimmer. I listen it's a lot mix to classical music. Modern and uh, score, film score, and and and, Hans, and, and a, a Beethoven classical and Rite of Spring and I like it. Planets, um, the inspired Star Wars soundtrack. But and then also it's it's you know Star Wars is based on uh, mythology from like Joseph Campbell and 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 Carl Jung, Carl Jung's work on on you know, which is uh, with, with anthrop anthropology you know and just and you know disseminating these you know symbols and archetypes that live through the ages and and when you see it it's just like this really complex mixtape pretty yeah. much like of all these different things and it's or it's or you just it's a collage of all this and and a you know. A remix and it's like passes it off it's like here i mean he's not even like george lucas isn't even like hiding that like he there's interviews look up hidden dragon and there's an interview of him saying talking about the inspiration that wow. hidden dragon had on star wars um but I, I i've talked about this before with somebody um but yeah that's um, impressive though I, I did not know that yeah no it's interesting it's, to, it's interesting it to see how mind. people get their inspiration or their idea yeah but like that was Star Wars is based on several things that were really no like like really popular and and really had an effect on people. Um, but yeah, wait. And so, they took they took yeah. the audience where 
they want it to be. Yeah, yeah. So that's a true. great yeah. example of it. Yeah, yep. You take them to space, you know. All but how could places. an indie filmmaker make Star Wars? You know, that has to that's be like question. a big budget film. Green screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you could dreaded, probably do it. That dreaded thing, the green screen. I, I uh, after doing that animation though, I'm like, I could. I could, if, if I had like a really trouble, like a real trouble with t- putting together a World War II film or any film, I could do it with green screen foreseeably, but it would add a lot of time yeah. to doing it because like, yeah, that animation was supposed to be done in a month or well, two. If you ever look at an animation movie, if you look at the credits, there's just like thousands oh, yeah. of people involved. I mean, it's, it's... And you need those, you need those people because like, that's how you get it done in time yeah. and like get it done in, under deadline. Um, but what, real quick, what, what, yeah, what inspired you to write this? So I was, uh, at my fiance's parents' house mm-hmm. last spring and her father actually started telling me about, uh, the giant hornets and you know how there's giant hornets coming over from Asia on, on the West coast mm-hmm. and they're th- kind of threatening honeybees here in America. And basically like giant hornets can one nest of giant hornets can wipe out like a whole hive of honeybees. So like 30 hornets can wipe out like a 30,000 hive, 30,000 honeybee hive. Damn. So I thought it was interesting. So I, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. So I wanted to do more research into that. Murder. I wanted to look that's into cool. it. Well, I, it was just like something <laughs> no, interesting, you, you know, like, yeah. and I think that was pretty popular yeah. in the spring, like the, the giant hornet thing. I think it's starting to come Murder back hornets. again. Yeah. So, so I looked into it and basically the honeybees here in america don't have a natural defense the giant hornets mm-hmm. but there's honeybees in asia that do have a natural defense the giant hornets so when a giant hornet comes to a hive in asia the bees will surround it and they vibrate around it and they call it dancing so that wasn't that wasn't that that was real no it's real that Dude, that that is real that's your film by the way <laughs> you want me to cut that <laughs> so so yeah so they they vibrate and they call it dancing, and uh, that just gave me that idea. So, so you know, I was like, "Oh, that's a cool idea." They danced to, to kill the giant hornet. I was gonna—I forgot to put that question down, but I, was, I realized that would have been a spoiler. It definitely is a spoiler. But, but uh, do, do you mind if I keep that? In? No, I mean, okay. it's. But you dude, know, that's I just so I that's think it's, based on actual fact. Yeah. And oh, I was like, "That's man, a cool I idea." Thought, I thought that. So that they, was it creates like heat. It creates so much heat that it actually like burns the giant hornet alive Quick but i couldn't it. go there with a kid's film yeah yeah so i Quick had to make it a little there's a video i think it was a there's a how oh, there's robin black fight um breakdowns he's like this person who you know like like basically like watches like he he does like fight breakdowns of like real fights like he's a real commentator and he and he actually does like professional uh mma like breakdowns but he uh he does these occasional ones. You know, he does a lot of Instagram. If you follow his Instagram, he does like all these breakdowns of funny fight videos from like street fights and all this like really like terrible people who don't know what they're doing with fighting and, and things where people are probably getting hurt, but he's like and he's he's he he points that out and he's like he's because he's real you know, he's real conscious of that. But it's like he he does like breakdowns of like like uh the, the praying mantis versus the murder hornet and the praying mantis fucks that thing up. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's... like it just those things uh that's one it? thing that just <laughs> those uh claws like they're strong man that thing the 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 you know the the strength of that thing for for, for its size like 
Like that thing could, if it was our size, it would just chop us Tear in half apart. like that, man. Yeah. Would, oh man, I those things are nasty. But yeah, he does some funny like an, like like little animal or insect breakdowns occasionally. But like, oh, they're so funny. Look up Robin Black. I'll have to look it up. I'll that is funny. After this, Robin Black. Um. But uh, yeah. So I asked you that long. How long have you been writing? How? How do you? Yeah. So how? So how? What is your process in developing the story or or any or yeah this story? Cause it's like, I really liked it. And and it's like, I felt you didn't have really any missing parts. I, I could, I couldn't even spot anything to give you feedback wise. Really? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I, I suggest you, uh, if you want like feedback or somebody who might be able to give you some good feedback is, uh, 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 but I'm not sure. Cause I, I, I couldn't think of anything. Like uh, Norman West, who I tried to link you up with because he was okay. Yeah, I, I met him. I met him before on actually the, on another on set. The Priors film. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Good guy. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy. Uh, he he's a good writer. Uh, great writer. I mean, um, and he you know he gives he points things out where I'm like, oh, why does he have to point these things out? Because now I have to fix it. But it helps. <laughs> but it, as soon as he set points out, I'm like, yep. Yeah. Uh, is that some like is that something you you had a lot with this film? Or the script because it's like I feel like you. I bet like I was I was guaranteeing like if I, if this were me my writing I would have this would have been after loads of feedback. So um, I did have someone who was giving me feedback. Um, I don't know if you ever met Kevin Ostro. Yeah, he's yeah, another Kevin independent Ostra. filmmaker, director, yeah, he's actor. A, he's a director on the the short film. Yeah, re- really, really great guy. Yeah, he he him. actually helped me with my first screenplay. And uh, we kind of collaborated back and forth. And then he gave me some feedback on the Bebops as well. So I did have someone giving me some feedback. Yeah. Um, but but like I said, I started with uh, with Satori. And that really helped me kind of figure out what I needed to, to fix for the next one. And then actually, I just remember the book. It's called The Nutshell Technique, Nutshell Technique. by Jill Chamberlain. And what I did was I, I started with the format. I outlined what I wanted uh, in the three-act structure. And I kind of put like little bullet points of the storyline as I went through. Mm-hmm. And then with that, I just started writing scene by scene. Mm-hmm. But I had to do a lot of research beforehand on, on bees, on giant horns, because like like I just told you, a lot of that stuff is real with the, you know, with the dancing. Yeah. And then I had to do a lot of research in, with the music, mm-hmm. the 50s, with the dancing. Um, and I had to do that beforehand as well. How long did it take you to write it? month and a half really yeah i mean i was writing like eight eight to ten hours a day or doing something related to it research you know so and when i when i do something i just am focused on it and i can stick with it for a long period of time and that's what i was doing every day when i was off when i wasn't working as a trooper so and what that was was it like one draft or was it multiple or like how how does that how does that work out or how does it factor in like were you doing like you were like, you know, perfecting it as you went. Yeah, I think for that one, I came up with the first draft and my fiance, I would read my fiance, I would write a couple scenes and I'd read them to my fiance and she'd give me some feedback. And then after the first draft on that one, I sent it to Kevin Ostra and he gave me some, some feedback mm-hmm. and uh, obviously a couple rewrites and I'm still, it's still in the, pro- it's still a work in progress, yeah. that one, you know, I still need to do definitely, yeah, definitely my, a lot with that still. Processes. There's some areas that I could definitely fix and further develop. My process is messy. Like I, I, uh, 
so like for the world war ii film i'm working on um so that started with uh that was born the it well it, it exploded on like initially with uh basically like, well, it came into being i'll say um because i was watching uh i was working on, i was in the middle of working on feeding fire pretty like like we we're shooting it and i was just in the zone and then i had this uh i was watching uh i had the idea for it and it was based on an old like world war ii film i was trying to work on in high school about two paratroopers you know different injuries that you know made them have to depend on each other um and basically kind of grew from that and um basically i was watching uh what's uh what is his name um david uh lynch david lynch okay his master class on filmmaking and creativity and he brought up the fact that you know how how he comes up with films is you fill a box with index cards or, or you know and, and and um basically what you do is you know it's think of it like you're fishing you you have this desire for an idea which is the bait you put on the hook and you throw your you cast your line out and then you catch a fish with that it's that's and, and that fish is an idea and you 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 cast you, you reel it in and then you pull it out and you examine it and that that process of examination is basically having an idea come to you don't lose it write it down immediately on paper um and then you basically yeah you 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 exam that's your examination process and now you have it you put it in the box and that putting that in the box um metaphorically is, is basically like putting it back that fish on the hook casting it out again for another idea and that fish will bring along other fish right, another so fish, you add and more to play. that idea it'll come along and and it'll be it'll be related in some way to that idea you might not know immediately um, but you'll figure out how it all relates together. And you also kind of direct your mind. If you meditate at all, you direct your yep. mind towards, uh, you know, how could this relate to the other idea or where should I go next with this? And that, that is also another way of putting like bait on the hook. Yeah, it's just like you're adding layers yeah, to that just initial idea. Casting it out and, um, and, and like, I think like your, that technique, the nutshell technique I guarantee it's like that might be a form of casting your line out where, you know, you you know what you're looking for. She probably lays out a technique, a, a process that um, gets your brain thinking in the pro in a problem solving process that leads you to the ideas you need to put together a story that is coherent, that has all the parts that that feels like it lead like it like it works. You right. Know? And I think that's what um, that that. And that and David Lynch's process is more for it's it, it's it's it can it can be like that or it can be for things that are just way out there. Like if you ever seen a David Lynch film, watch Eraserhead. Okay. I was out of my fucking uh, uh, fucking seat, like <laughs> screaming at the TV because my friend had me watching it. I'm like, how how does how is this gonna get any worse? Like, dude, like, like this can't get any weirder. This can't get any weirder. It gets weirder. It gets, it gets weirder. weirder. Gets weirder, and you're only halfway through. And it goes, it goes to way like the weirdest places that my imagination in my nightmares couldn't even think of. It's but it's, is it's it good? Big, I mean, is that is that a good thing? It's an art film, Dan. Like, yeah. it's, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> it's it's an experience. That's I'll say that. Check out Eraserhead by David. Okay, it's, I'll, I'll it's, definitely check it out. But it, 
be warned, man. You're 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 going into it like I want to watch the weirdest of the weird. And how did he? Th- you're gonna be like, how did he think of stuff like Dude, that? It, it and it's basically so to know like to give a little context to it. You're basically going into the head of a guy who, you know, is is, you know, has like mental uh, illness, you know, and 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 you kind of see the the mental illness in these uh, really really bizarre worlds that he puts together in that film, and it's it, it's uh, it <laughs> it's it, it's one of those films where if you want to like film yourself, your reaction to it or your fiance's reaction. <laughs> She's gonna be like, "Why did you watch this?" <laughs> yeah, just blame it on me. Be like, "Our, our, you, you, the, the guy who wants to shoot your wedding." <laughs> don't say that. Actually, she's gonna be like, "I don't want him shooting the wedding anymore." <laughs> Regardless of you know, it's it's cool with me if if you're going with me or not, but you know, um, so that but no, that's a weird film. But it's like the way he came up with it is putting ideas in the box, and and it when you do that you're not restricted to a process that feels cliched or feels like formulaic or anything, because I mean, that, well, that's what really generally happens when you're working from any kind of guideline. But here's the thing. I, I, yeah, I because you I don't believe want to be in too, guidelines. You don't want to be too structured. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I believe in guidelines like feeding the fire. Cause then there's no creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm feeding the fire used a lot of structure to it. There, it wasn't like this like art film that went any which direction. It was kind of an artsy film that I was going for, but what I didn't tell a lot of people were, I did. Um, it was like, it had classical structure to it. Like save the, like Blake Sanders, say uh, beat sheet, save the cat book, um, his beat sheet in that, which was basically like you, either the catalyst, you know, at least the, you know, you know, break and act two, all these different things. And I mean, it has that, but I've internalized the, the, the meaning behind those structures. And I've also compared it to, like, I used this cork board back in the day to compare it to mythology, um, you know, archetypes for storylines, all these different things. And, and in an effort to kind of figure out what can, what are the possibilities with stories? Because you need rules in some degree to get your brain thinking in right. the right direction and I, I do kind of think in terms of like do you use the three-act structure yeah i mean in a sense like I, I i actually call it the four quarter structure that's based on what you know based on how i compare them all and lump them all together the first quarter is like you're establishing um you're establishing like the problem the story and and then you're getting the character to go from debating going to doing it like like they're against it but then by the end of the first act first quarter which is basically the first act you get them to go do it. Right. Yeah. And they're committed. Um, and you get rid of any, you know, hesitancy. Um, so they're committed to getting what yeah. they want, yes. but then there's usually a catch. There's yeah. usually a catch to it. What's that? What's that? So, so in this, in this, uh, in this technique, uh, the nutshell technique. So in the beginning, you know, like you said, you develop your character, mm-hmm. you, you give them a want and a, a desire. And then at the end of the first act, they end up getting that one, mm-hmm. but there's a catch. So if you look at Bernie, for instance, he wanted to dance. He wanted to, uh, you know, to, to pursue that as his passion. And at the end of the first act, he gets it because he gets separated from his hive. Mm-hmm. But the catch is, you know, he's separated from his hive. Yeah, his yeah. hive is now his hive is now threatened. He doesn't know what he's going to do with the rest of his life. But he has that opportunity now that he can go and dance. Yeah, and that's pursue an interesting that passion. way of putting it. And then catch. what I did was I like at that. the end of the second act it's the opposite. So 
he he doesn't want to dance anymore. He doesn't want to. He just wants to yeah. go back to being in a normal hive and forget about that dream that he had. That's where I'm. And that's, that's where, where I'm you lacking. get that. I like, definitely could use that, that opposite. I'm you know, the, the irony. I'm getting that freaking book, man. You got to get it. I'm telling you. And okay. and then yeah, and you don't want to add too much structure, like you were saying. I get what yeah. you're saying, but just to put something down, and then you get creative from that. Yeah, I and like. And you that start idea. getting cool ideas from that. Dude, that's a good way of. I wish I came. I wish I came across this book sooner. But then, and then that's yeah. the character's rock bottom. So the, the yeah, character yeah. flaw, so Bernie's is his, his insecurities. And so that's his like rock bottom. He doesn't fit in his hive. He doesn't fit in in this new place, mm. uh, Bugsville. He doesn't fit in with this new band. Um, so this is his rock bottom. And then after that, he starts moving towards, uh, you know, being secure. Yeah. And fully the, developing. That's what I like about that. It's, it's, um, yeah. So basically like my way of doing it is like, like the first quarter, the first act, is basically he's getting getting him into that that storyline. Second quarter is like it's it's the meat and potatoes. It's what it's what they came for. It's the fun games. It's 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 the buddy story. It's like the love story. It's this is this is yeah, what you need the audience came for. Entertaining and in the then, second act. And and, and and it's you know it's it's progression. It's it's getting you know it's moving forward, getting what we want or what we think we want, which is actually like a, it's interesting to compare that to what the catch thing is. Um, then the midpoint is where you get where you think you want. Or, or you, you know, in some in mythology terms, you might find uh, it's it's the meeting with the goddess, um, or the, or the mother figure, or or this 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 benevolent you know force that is you know, you know you know nurturing you, but then you have to confront the father figure, which is in qu- like quarter four, or quarter three, which is like the second part of Act Three, or not Act Two. Um, where things kind of go, start going downhill, right. like bad guys catch up, all these things. And that's like his, then the character's yeah. rock bottom yeah. is at the end of and that, that's why like I was following act. your script and I was like, yeah, you, you're nailing those, but you're doing things that I've never like, I, I guarantee I could bar, like I could like learn from, um, in terms of like that process. I got, I'm going to get in that book. Like I'm going, I, as soon as this is done, I'm going on Amazon, ordering it, finding it. Yeah, man, it's, devour it. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't use that book for my first screenplay, and I had no structure. I didn't. Yeah. I don't even think I had like a three act. But it it can help um, to like. I mean, to figure out what structure is to you. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I know what I mean. Um, and that and and that like once, but no, like the fact you did a, a short film, you wrote a short film, and learned from that. That's what helped me with feeding the fire. Was like feeding the fire because I did that. So did you start it with a short film? I started with like right. feeding the fire. Was once I got that done. Like I, 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 before I was making short films in high school, they weren't that great. Like, like, and, and then I tried to take a step, like I was trying to work on something and they kept ballooning into like a bigger feature film. I didn't start with the intent of making a feature film. I, I started with trying to perfect the short film, which always happens. And that short film becomes a feature film. Yeah. That's and how that's it works with me. My it becomes quicksand, one. man. And, and, it, yeah. and that's what like, so I was doing that and that's what led to years of me not making a film because I just got stuck in that. And then, um, and, then, and so I had to make this really solid short film that, that followed all the rules in a way or, or, or did things right, but also ex- went beyond the rules and did things right for me, which felt like this feels like a, a good human story that doesn't feel contrived or artificial or formulaic. It feels like this is something that can, uh, you know, it, it, it just it feels real. Like it feels like this is advice that I give to a friend like on a podcast or something it's not some story i came up with that's fake um just for the sake of feeling you know 
you're checking the marks on the on the the sto- like the book uh, of, about story structure that I was following. It's like, no, this is something that feels real, but it also kind of in a way follows it to a degree. Um, so that did that for me in a, to a degree. And then from that, that inspired like how I would reapproach Rusty Spade, rewriting right. that. Um, doing all these different things. Um, that's where Boys Be Boys came from. And I'm, I'm actually still, that's going to be my next film. Um, before the, the World War II film. Boys. Boys Be Boys. Okay. That, that, the one where the, it's like a bunch of dudes who are like repressed living in a world where it's like. Oh yeah. Okay. Women. What, whatever <laughs> happened to, uh, Jody? Cause uh, actually, yeah, that was the, that I was, think that was like the second one I was yeah. going to do with you. Yeah. That was the project where I, I, was I remember getting, auditioning for that in, uh, I was the bar in. Westchester. Yeah, yeah. Barnaby's or... Yeah, Barnaby's. Uh, that was the film where I was I was becoming a yes man with... So I, basically what, what happened was I had a four-hour meeting with some this DP guy who, you know, uh, you know, he was way ahead of me. Like, just... And that's why I was like, I need to work with this dude, you know? Right. Um, and, and I kind of... I... You know, we, we... In that four-hour meeting, we kind of deconstructed what was wrong with Feeding the Fire, and I was like, all right. Um, and then he's like, but, you know, if, if we do something different, like, uh, uh, you know, I'd probably... I'd be on board. I'd shoot that. I mean, I'd shoot this, but I wouldn't be happy with it. And uh, and so I, I like started, like, working on... Um, like, like we started, like, beating out... Or <laughs> like, planning out um, the beats of a... a, a like a, uh, the, the short film and I, and, and before my eyes, like it took me a month to come up with feeding the fire, but like before my eyes, I'm watching this dude come up with a short film in like, like minutes. Like I, I'm like, like how, how, like, cause I, I, I've been, I'd spent years trying to come up with things and yeah. getting lost in the quicksand and cause I'm, I guess my ADHD. Or so whatever. maybe you do just need some structure cause yeah. you have the creativity. Yeah, I, it it was, sounds like you have a ton of creativity. Maybe you, I mean, you just been, need I've some structure. I've been succeeding, but I, I'm always it. looking for you know structure. You're right. Um, but you yeah. almost like a plan. Yeah. And you don't have to follow the plan hundred yeah. percent, but at least you have something like an idea. Yeah. I need or like, like an outline approach. Cause like my brain will go a million directions at once and, and, and that, and, and that's good, but it's also bad because I have to find a way to contain it. Yeah. You have to contain it within the box. Um, you know, limitation is freedom. Limitation is like what creates, what, what gives you possibilities and makes a person a person versus a God or, or some, not even a person, mm-hmm. you know? It's like you have to, yeah, you have to have limitations. And so, and that's what nature of creativity is. And so, but yeah, no, I was working with this dude, you know, and I was, I, 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 in my mind, I was trying to do this to the best of my degree. And I thought I was, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I totally want to like this idea we're making, but it was, it, 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 you know, after the first draft of writing it based on like what we talked about, I just hated myself. I was like, what am I doing? Like. I just, I, I felt like a shell of my former self. Like you feel like, 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 and, and I was like, I was immediately, I was like, okay, no, I can't do this. And then I, I had, I had a, a backstage ad already out there and I, I emailed, ev- I messaged everybody individually. I was like, Hey, blah, 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 name. <laughs> like, Oh, this is why I can't do this. Like, like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, not doing something that's true to myself. I'm like, and then I told my friend that who was working with me at the time. And he's like, you did what? And, I, and then immediately, like, I, immediately when somebody, like, gives me, like, hard feedback on something, like, I immediately overcorrect. And I'm like, oh, God, what did I do? <laughs> and so then so I So you went felt like you were in over your head, basically? And well, then because of that, I you, felt you like, just pulled, no, I pulled felt back like and I was, canceled, canceled the project? I feel like I was making a film that went against my beliefs and, on, like, my what the kind of, like, like, 
it, it felt like I was lying to the audience. Like I just felt like I was lying to people. I don't like lying. I, I can't, I can't stand it. And, and it's like, like back when I was in a, like middle school, uh, you know, I, I, you know, we were, there was a, we were getting, we were supposed to get our parents signature on like tests or something. And this is a funny story. Uh, and, and basically I forgot and I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to get credit for this. And so I faked my mom's signature and then I was like, all right, cool. And then at the end of the the, de- the class, she's like, all right, everybody who forgot, you know, like I'll, I'll give you until next week, like, like next the weekend to like fix it. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? Horrible. After the class, everybody yeah. really left. I went to the teacher, told her, I was like, I'm like, I, I, uh, I forged my mom's <laughs> signature. I'm sorry. I just felt like, oh, you know, like, and, yeah, and she's no, like, I it's fine, it's whatever. And, and I was like, and I told my mom that story, she laughed. And I was like, that, that's, that's me to, to this day. Cause I can't like, like when I agree, like, like, like with the wedding stuff, your wedding thing, I, I, when I was talking to you, I told you guys, I can totally, sorry if I spit, I, I to I can totally match that photographer that you're working with. like, look, and I was like, yeah, I can totally match it without like, I, I, I saw it for a glimmer, like on the screen. And I was like, oh shit, what did I just say? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to figure that out now. Yeah, and, but it's okay. Cause you know, we want something different. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, I, I went for like, like I, after immediately after I was like, all right, let's see if I can figure this out. So I tried and if you, like, I, I took a few hours trying to do a bunch of stuff. And, I, and I've also tried it like a since then with everything I've learned every time. It's like, I I think, I don't know what she does, but I, I'm pretty sure at this point, whatever she does, it just either doesn't look good on video or it doesn't look good on these cameras. Yeah. I think she might use some kind of filter. Yeah. But well, I, th- you know, I think, I think your point is you have to be true to yeah, yourself and you yeah. can't do something that isn't you. So, but I had and to I re- totally get that. I as totally an reached out to Sophia. I was like, look, I'm sorry. I told you I, I could match this look. I'm really sorry. I can't do it. I, I got to stick to it. Yeah, no, no. And I got, I got I that hundred percent is to shoot your wedding and to say, I can make the look. And work. it doesn't look that way. Yeah. See, the, the thing is, is like with lying, it's like what you do is, is your like, like with what I've heard from Jordan Peterson. If you listen to him, I do a little bit, dude, he's awesome. Um, yeah. You know, he breaks things down, makes it concrete in ways that, like, I'm like, you know it, you feel it, but you don't know how to verbalize it. But he does it exceptionally well. Lying is, it, it just makes, it causes more problems. Mm-hmm. And, and and in life, it's like, it's really hard to solve the problems you have on your own. You know, re- what you really need a lot of times is to work with others to solve the problems. And the way to solve problems with others is to identify those problems identify them with other people say, okay, this is what the problem is. Be honest about it. And then you have teammates that you can, you right. can work together with yep. aid in, in fixing that problem. And so, yeah, like I, I that's why I believe in like that. And, and, and also it's like, you just, you, you create more stress and more problems when you lie and it's Absolutely. like, it, it, it catches up with you. And that's why I think I, I really just, I was looking at that Jody film and I was like, I just feel like this isn't the film I, I was set out to make because I, I, I had that. Point, yeah. And if you're not passionate about a yeah. film or project, I mean, why would you do it? Because you're not going to put in the yeah. effort that you should put and, into and it. And it's not going to end up oh, dude, turning it, out when you're making a film turning out good, stressful as hell because you're, you have to do all put all these things together. I, it's a lot of moving you, pieces and I'm doing it. I'm doing it now with work. resignation. Yeah. And Oh, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, everyone matching everyone's schedule yeah. and just oh, getting yeah. everyone on the same page. Don't, don't lose. Don't make your, your beard white. 
I'll get into that. That's rest of the state for you. Um, I've talked about it with everybody on the podcast. So I'll get into that. But but yeah, like yeah. Can I just okay? Yeah, break? yeah. We can we can take a. We'll, we'll keep it rolling. Okay. I think. Um, but yeah, no, I've got some jumping off points to, to get back into this when we get started again. Uh, all the dust in here, man. This is great, though, dude. I like I like the the background. Yeah. I saw I saw the the first one you did was that like up in. It was at it was at David's uh, place. Okay. Like, and and uh, we just did a table with a three D printer and all this mess in the background. But this looks like yeah this professional. Looks, I mean, yeah. this looks you yeah. know. I was like, I was like what what could I? I knew that these sound panels would look really nice, and uh, you know, I thought instead of just having them side by side and all that, having something between them. Uh, that's where I got the high contrast gold. You got the gold, and then you got the. The green, the green. It looks kind yeah. of like the green letters on my my logo and whatnot, but yeah. So that's good. So we're back. Um, we just had a little uh, break, a little bathroom um, break. But uh, where we were was was why we didn't do Jody. Why didn't I do that? And why did I feel like I was lying to the audience? I I didn't realize it when I was first, you know, getting into it and and going this new route of doing this other film than what Feeding the Fire was. Um, and it was, it wasn't my story. It wasn't, um, like feeding the fire was actually based on real life situations. Um, where I was this, <laughs> where looking back, I was a bit of a, um, uh, a, what is it? They call them simps now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not really, but just, you know, in a sense of being a guy who's like, uh, like a beta male, like I, I'm trying not to be that anymore. Like, I think I've, I've succeeded thus far. So yeah. Um, like I don't, like I'm more direct about my feelings. I don't like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow myself to get in a situation where I'm friend zoned, where I'm like friends with a girl that I like, and I don't tell her I've been in that situation. That was that, that was what that film was about. And that's what was real about it. Now, what happened with Jody was, you know, it was it was fascinating how the DP. Yeah, I'm not gonna t- say his name unless like unless he wants to talk to me on here. But it's you know he, and I'm not gonna say anything bad about him. I feel like I I was uh you know I I wasted his time. Um, I didn't mean to. It wasn't an, it was it wasn't. But I I felt like I had to tell the truth and, and cut things off for like I made something or I just, it was driving me nuts. But was that a short film? Yeah, it was a short. It film. It was okay. But it was it was just killing me because it was. So what happened was we reworked it from the inspiration of Feeding the Fire. And he he showed me how we could, you know, rework it. And he asked me what that film was about, all these different things. And then we reworked it into things that fit the boxes for him in terms of story, which I, I kind of draw on still um, to a degree. So you guys um, kind of came up with it together. Yeah. And, and it... But what in what I didn't realize at the time was... And I was in, I was in don, denial of after the four-hour meeting we had, which was like... It was his interpretation of my story, and um, that, and and not only that, um, but it, well, I don't want to get into that. But it it was like his interpretation of my story, and um, I it it didn't come from this like meditative place that I was trying to come from that was that felt real and honest, like like something that I put a lot of thought into. It was just something we came up with on the spot. And right. it was, I mean, it was cool, but it was just cool. It wasn't, it didn't resonate with me. Yeah, you just weren't level. passionate about it. And that makes sense. And and it didn't feel honest and real to me because it felt like it was his interpretation of my story, which, I mean, I have a better understanding of my own situation, my story that it's based on than he did. 
And I should have knew that at the time. And, and, and it caught up with me because every time I wrote the script and it, the first draft, you know, I wrote, I did my best with it, but I hated it. But I was like, all right, we'll, we'll figure this out. Then we got together again and, and we reworked every single line of the script based on like, he's like, no, you got to change this, you know? And, and, and I had, I had to audio record that meeting because, and, 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 and which was another red flag that I should have realized because when, when a good idea is good for me, I don't have to write it down. I don't have to record it. It sticks. If it's a good idea, it sticks. You don't have to write it down, um, which is uh, an interesting caveat when it comes to like David Lynch saying you have to write things down to like really flesh it out. There are times where you have to do that. There are times where you have to write the idea about it down, but sometimes you want to let it marinate. Yeah. You don't feel like it's complete yet. You want to like marinate it and let it, you know, there's a point where you write and there's a point where you don't. Um, you have that, that's something that you know better than anybody else um, for your own process. Now, I what I should have took that as a red flag. The fact that I I couldn't none of the ideas he talked about stuck, and he he knew that he's like you have to write all this stuff down constantly. He was like you have to write these things down. Now, that went against everything I'd learned from like all these writers I had learned from thus far on, in terms of writing. It's like the best ideas stick. You know, this guy was blogging about, um, or was writing a blog about um, the World Trade Center and all that stuff, and and his notes from being there, and and this, and he had to write about like his time in the the top of the tower where the bar was um, after the tower went down, and it was like going to be this kind of like deep, you know, re like reflective piece, um, but he lost all his notes, and then some writer told him. The, the good the, the the good stuff sticks. Don't worry about the notes. Yeah. Don't worry about the details. You know what you were drinking, all that stuff. Right. It'll come. It'll come to you. And so, and now I think that was Cal Fussman. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, it, it, it's like the good ideas stick, and I um, Stephen King says that too. And I had to listen through the entire audio and re-listen to it just to write this new version of the script based on what he was saying. And once I had written it, I just felt like this is, yeah, this isn't not, even me. It's like, not I you just, anymore. You weren't feeling it. Yeah. I just did. I, and I was depressed. I was like, I, I and dude, so there were some actors who I was talking to at the time, but I was trying to cast for it. That was their first impression of me. And it was probably a horrible first impression because I was all over the place. I was, you know, I was having a meeting at Colonial Gardens, this like flower shop where I was, I was doing casting sessions there. I was like, what, the, what are you doing, Tom? Like, <laughs> like, 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 I have these actors coming, like imagine the weirdest like audition place you could go to, go to like a, a flower shop where there's like, like really loud fans everywhere. It's like, all right, let's do this. There's this guy. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I, think, I, I, I think Jody might've been one of my first actually speaking. Hmm. It would have been my, one of my first speaking roles. Yeah. What was your first role? Uh, I was in a student film, a Temple student film uh, called Strays. Yeah. So I, 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 I had, I was that. like the antagonist. I was this crazy drunk brother. Yeah, wait. And I helped him with the stunt, stunt choreography, the fight, the fight choreography. Because my yeah. character gets, uh, gets killed at the end of the film. Yeah. So I, I think that was my first, my first one. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and, and then... When which number were we when we got to Rusty Spade? Was that your like third or what? Fourth or my second or third? Okay. At that point, you know what? Hell of it. Let's, it's let's, crazy how let's it just kind of blurs. That. that film, um, 
So I think it, it there's a lot of things that went on with that. Um, and if I were to go back, there's many things I would probably redo. But in honestly, in honesty, I may not. If I were to redo it, I wouldn't even do that film. I'd probably done something different. I would have wrote something new um, and from the ground up, something completely original, uh, based on my abilities with writing and coming up with stories at the time because that had evolved. Um, I was sticking back to something that I was trying to impress people with. I think that film was just trying to create something impressive. Um, and that's not really the right mindset to come from. I had just come from finishing Feeding the Fire, um, most of mo finishing most of the editing. Um, I was just waiting on this, this, the, the, the composer to finish his scoring of it. And I was like, I need to go do something. And I didn't plan on putting Feeding the Fire out because my friends were like, no, let's not put this out, let's put it the festivals. But I was like, I want something new on my website. So let's get something done immediately so that people think that I'm actually a filmmaker. So that's where Rusty Spade <laughs> Yeah, came from. and that, that's why I was like, let's do it in two months, like a month or two, and let's do a, like a single day shoot. We'll do, we'll do it in a week. Well, no, it was Norman's idea. He'll tell you it wasn't, but it, no, it was. It was <laughs> the one take <laughs> it, it shot? Was, he, I was saying, let's do it all in one take. Let's have a day, like a day or a few days where we just, we do 40 takes. Like 1917. Yeah, man. That was the, was that that was the out, whole thing. Was that out yet, or did you no, just come no, out with that, that? That was it. Was my idea of just doing a one take thing. I mean, there was other one take films that right, inspired yeah. me, but I was like, let's do a one take film. Let's do this all one take because I couldn't really think of like how I wanted to do each different shot. Like I didn't have an idea of, and I, I that was also another red flag. That, you know, going doing that film, I I had done it because I was that way because I was like I was doing a lot of uh, I was shooting a lot of. Um, videos for bands at the time and basically i got into this groove of shooting things in one take okay because i only had one camera it was just me and i would actually handheld um do all these different camera movements but but kind of maintain a consistent shot that was watchable and that's where it came from i was like let's you know i could move this way and and you know people were like whoa that's like like it, you it's so immersive it's like you know and i felt that way it's like you feel like it, it, you know, it's just, it keeps evolving and, and it was really just an improvised method of shooting. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like improvised acting. And, and I thought that would be so cool to do a film like that. But I, 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 um, you know, and that also came from feeding the fire. The things, the takes that I liked the most were like the single takes that we nailed it in one take. And I just, I think I should have not done that so much with that film where I, I relied on that too so much because I think it made, it made the film slightly boring to some people, but uh, I, I mean, I really felt, it felt more natural to me in editing when I was sitting there glued to the screen, you know, you know, any slight alteration, any cut that felt artificial, I could sense it, you know, um, anytime you, you cut to a performance to another performance, the, the performance is never the same and it's impossible. It's yeah. physically impossible. Um, and that's what you want from a good, that's a good performance where it's, it's all, it's slightly different each time. Right. And when you're cutting to different performances, like it just, I, I got sick of it. I got sick of watching it, I think. And I, I think that's my fault. Um, also, I think it's part of my fault because it's, it's you know, it's a failure of mine to, you know, and the way I shot it and the things we, we managed to get. And the, and I had to do it a certain way, cut it a certain way because I didn't shoot it the way I originally planned um, because I, you know, wasn't looking at my notes. Really what it came down to was I learned from that and feeding, uh, feeding the fire and Rusty Spade uh, and then ultimately, I really learned this on the animation storyboard, or like shot list and storyboard everything. Okay. Because when I did the animation, um, 
that storyboarding process, I had, I, I, I felt a vision for the shots. Like I felt they flowed together because I tested it. I, I drew them and I, 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 on the page, I looked from this, this frame to this frame, that was the new shot. And I could in my head visualize on paper, just right there, right. The, the, the cut, that was the cut. It cut from that shot to that shot. You could, you can see how it cuts together and you can kind of, from that, be like, you know, it would be interesting if we don't cut to that, we'll cut to a different shot and we try another frame. And then you can experiment with cutting and visuals and and and, and composition and framing. And, and, and basically it's like a first or a third draft of writing a script, but it's for filmmaking. Right. I'm doing that from every film, like from now, from on. now on, like that, like boys, we boys. So Rusty Spade was a good learning yeah, experience. Yeah. I mean, cause I didn't do any yeah. um, prep work for the shots. It was definitely a great acting it, experience. Yeah. I, I felt like. I figured that all, we, we figured that out all on, um, like on the day. We, on we, the spot? We, 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 I mean, I mean, with, I, the, with the blood and everything, you know, throwing that in there. Yeah. I spent like changing the, sh yeah. how, how many times did I have to change my, Ooh, yeah. my white shirt, my white, that my white, crazy. uh, but, but you know, it's like I did 15 hours of prep work for the the performances. Like like I do this thing um, from um, the book Judith Weston. I can recommend to you. It's uh, let me write it down. My notes are going everywhere. Um, Judith Weston. Um, and her book directing actors. It's the red one, the red and black one, the the red and black cover. That's the first one that I really recommend because it has the the hard fast tools that you can use as a director to. Um, you know, prep yourself on what to say to the actors, because here's the thing, like when you, when you have a script, you're not ready to direct the actors. Um, it's kind of like your pro the process from that book you were telling me about for screenwriting. It's like, you're not ready to write it or, or, you know, you don't have a finished script. If you, you know, just have an idea. It's like, you have to, you have to know how to, you have to know what you're thinking about with the story, what are your brainstorm of a lot of ideas and then brainstorm ways to, to, to progressively bring those ideas closer and closer to actionable directions like a verb is a actual direction or or like, like like i want you to attack this person in this in this scene like in in your in the way you're talking to them the way you're you know you know i want you to attack them with these words or i want you to twist the knife all these things those are very cliched things that you know you get to but you you arrive at those through this process of of like you start from this like there's there's four different graphs that you you or charts that you fill out based on reading through the script and and you you also cro before that you cross out things that are not actionable and and things that you know the actors don't really need to listen to like stage direction you can actually that's as the director and you know directing the actors on set that's up to you it's not the writer's job right I mean I just write it there you just write it as a writer to make it make sense when you read mm -hmm. it. just like um, the story but yeah you you take uh the um. You, it's a process of getting you from the uh, the the just the raw feelings you have about what's going on, and you can you can say whatever you you, you write whatever comes to mind when you write you, at the beginning of the process. But over the time, you're looking at what you wrote about your raw ideas, and you're rereading it again, and you're saying, "All right, how can I slowly do this?" And you have to each category is getting you closer and closer and closer to actionable things that you can say to the person. And then once you're done. I, I, and it, it takes an hour per page I've found on average. So if you have to like a prep, 90 to prep as yeah, a director, if you have a 95 page wow. feature film script, you're going to be spending 95 hours. If you're going to do this 
properly probably or less i don't know if you do it like but but i i mean that's like really like solid hours of productivity um, so do you do you need the shot list as a director or is that more the director of photography i think director yes you need as the director you should not only do this acting prep exercise you like that's what i plan to do also the the shot list or the, okay. and the storyboarding i i think because the, the director it's the director's job to know what camera angles it's not the dps it's uh, the dp is to help you make those shots beautiful on the day because your your focus is on the actors so the director comes up with a shot yeah list and, then, and then, yeah i mean it depends or coordinates sometimes, with sometimes the dp you want the dp to come up with it because I'm, I'm learning all this experience. now with this film yeah. uh resignation and i'm acting as the executive producer yeah and i'm coordinating with these guys and it's just i mean they might have their own, their own way of doing it right um but i think it, it's best you know look at i mean great filmmakers like stanley kubrick i mean that's that's he didn't leave that up to the dp he almost fired a DP on one of his earliest films because I don't know if you, you, you know Stanley Kubrick, like 2001 Space Odyssey, okay. Full Metal Jacket. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow. Like this dude, like the, the DP tried to, you know, change lens and saying, you know, we can do it closer. We don't have to do all this, move all this like stuff around the props and, the you know, move this wall. You know, we can do it closer if we do this lens. And he's like, go back to the wide lens because he wanted it because it had the distortion, you know, because it was closer or you're fired, get out. Like, if you're not gonna do it my way, get the fuck out. Oh my gosh. But you know, you watch his films, there's the reason he's uh, by a lot of people regarded as the greatest, one of the greatest filmmakers, you know? And and so- Cause you know, he sees that vision and he, he, he was, with he that was vision. Like a, you know, him and like Martin Scorsese, they're, they're, they're like, like great filmmakers are like mastered, like, like grandmasters at chess. Yeah. They look at the board and see almost the entire or or the entire game ha like so playing like bigger out picture in the yeah the, you know you see their brain you know solving like 10 steps ahead you know or 100 steps ahead you know like right that's how it is and so, but yeah as a, as a director i you know you want to plan the shots and then you know do their prep work with actors and um that's what i did with rusty spade and that's where when we were doing the rehearsal that five-hour rehearsal that took it out of me the day before the shoot which was a terrible idea <laughs> that took the yeah we, we probably should have rehearsed a oh, little bit yeah. more we sh i mean we should have did it like uh i think uh just week, because it was the one take weekend. shot i mean yeah because we had to be on we should have did it on the location i think that i'm gonna do that from now on i'm gonna yeah. rehearse before shoots i don't think i'm i mean I, somebody's convinced me that, and a lot of things have convinced me to to actually just film the rehearsal um just all like and and go through it on the set because well then you like, can see it as a director or a director yeah. of photography you yeah, can kind think, of yeah, you, see the shots you and that makes yeah. the process go quicker on the actual shoot day because yeah for resignation we are doing like like a rehearsal mm -hmm. a full-blown you know dress rehearsal the week the week of a couple of days before yeah. okay just to figure that out but it's it's different though with with the fight choreography yeah that you definitely need you that definitely that. need to figure that out beforehand yeah Kind of reminds me of a um, the Punisher. There was a the, these stuntmen actually choreographed this one action scene in the gym where they like were throwing around weights and busting people up with them. <laughs> like the action, the the, the stunt choreographers planned the sh like shot it with a like a like a crappier phone like like a camper, crappier camera, and then the the team the, the production team watched that and were like, all right, let's do it exactly as you did it. And it's one of the best scenes. That's cool. Really cool. Uh, I, I'll probably forward that to you. That's in the movie The Punisher. Or the, the show. Oh, the show. Okay. Yeah, the show, the I haven't seen the show. Burnthal. I haven't watched it all either, but uh, my friend keeps telling me about it. I, but I saw that on YouTube. But uh, but no, um, yeah. So where was I going with this? Um, but yeah, it's when you you do that.
prep work with actors, it you once you do it all, you do that like hundred maybe a hundred hours. Like if you're doing a long a feature film, you're doing like probably almost a hundred hours of a prep. Hopefully not, and for the actors end, if you do this process. But if you do, once you do it, you throw it away. You I mean you don't you don't throw it away, but you don't look at it when you're on set. You know exactly what to say to the actors. Now the reason I don't want to rehearse ahead of time is because I feel like I have so much, there's so much potency to what I'm going to say to the actors. And then it's going to instantly get them into that headspace very quickly. And what I found with rehearsals was I, you know, I felt this sense of like, uh, imposter syndrome or, or, or this, I, I felt, I felt like I was, I was unconfident going in until I saw the performance I was after in rehearsal, but that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Once you get that performance in rehearsal, it's gone. Yeah. You're not going to get the same thing. And whatever you said to get that, it's going to have less potency. And you're basically using up your ammunition in rehearsal yeah, that you so, could be using on the shoot and getting stuff in camera. So, so I think the rehearsal yeah. was good for the shots and, yeah. you know, the... the um... Oh, yeah. Rusty Spade, we needed to do that because, yeah. Um, but like, there, was, there was no way we would have finished it if we didn't rehearse it ahead of time. Yeah. But, yeah. That film... I went into that with this ego-driven idea that I'm I'm bad at making films. I'm going to make this thing. We're going to do it on one looks, take. It looked pretty good, man. Yeah. I think you did a a good job I with that. Hate myself for for the blunder I made of you know it was a new camera setup and the battery was down here and you had to flip the camera over. It was one of these batteries right here. Okay. And the 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 screen that shows the battery level is on the back. If you see up here, 100. percent it's not showing that it, it always looks like a hundred percent or AC at right. the top right up yeah. here. It never shows you the battery level, and I forgot to keep so checking. That, so it kept dying. All the all the variables I had to juggle that day, it it made me checking the battery less and less because I was beginning to like panic. We got to get the shot. We're yeah, like, then it started getting we dark. Five o'clock. It was five o'clock, and we we had like a few takes that were okay. You know. Yeah. I, we, actually, I we think got, we, we ended the day not thinking or not knowing if we even yeah, had any good takes at all. You are the reason. You you pointed or I should have watched everything to the end, but I was in such like it was PTSD for me to look back in a way. Yeah, I was like, I think there was a good take like the second or third one. Yeah, I remember that comment. I was like, hmm. I looked back. I was like, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> the the last two I was going to I thought we were going to have to go with. I was like, oh, these aren't as good. Because but then but it's so one, hard with the one tape yeah. because now you're losing the, your energy as an actor. Yeah. And it's just kind yeah. of now, you know, it's just repetitive oh, and yeah, it's yeah. just hard to bring that performance and, and every time. Plus, and that's why I was doing push-ups and trying to get dude, amped up the whole time. Also, I was like, like, I think it's also, I wasn't there directing you at that point. I wasn't there. It wasn't like the rehearsal where I was giving you guys direction, live, like, like live feedback. As a director, I shouldn't be doing the DP stuff or acting in the film. I should be there alongside the camera, not looking at the screen, just looking at you guys as if I'm a viewer, like an audience yeah. member in the audience. That's hard to do with the one take. Yeah. The yeah. one shot. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I mean, in, I mean just in between, back, in between, in, you know, in between takes, you could do that. If I that film again, I would storyboard everything and it wouldn't be a single take. I would have done it in separate shots. Right. I, I mean, I'm a little, you know, but it, it worked out. I'm it glad looks good. It. And it was I'm a great, great learning experience. Yeah. Great challenge. I mean, that's where you grow the most yeah. is through challenges and, yeah. And things like that, you know, so yeah, definitely I, from an acting perspective, I thought it was great. It was like a play because yeah, you can't yeah. mess yeah. up, you know, you just start 
and it doesn't stop until myself all the time until it's over because it. like this white hair is literally because i didn't think we got it from the rusty spade yeah the la- the, this this showed up a few days later no because way. i thought that that the white hair right there wasn't That's there rusty spade. I, I guarantee you look at any of the pictures of me on that you day, don't have it no I, this is the first time I'm, I'm i'm seeing it yeah, so the, the family pointed it out to me i'm like no i don't like went in the mirror I'm like oh shit wow <laughs> That's I was depressed crazy. after that shoot, like for a few days, like I couldn't get out. Like I, I got, I like it, my, I was get, I, I, I was stumbling through my workouts. I was just, like, I was at least I was working out. I was good, you know. I was just, I just was drained. I couldn't even approach. Well, you found that one good take. Yeah, and it that, looks that, good. It looks good. The one, the best take though, and this kills me is like I feel bad for you guys because the best take was like I or it felt. I mean, I watched it and I was like, oh, man, it was, it was, it was a bit better. Um. The battery died because I, I wasn't used to checking it. So and the best take, the battery died. Yeah. <laughs> I have the audio. I can find it. Wait a minute. Where is it? That was tough. That was a tough shoot. Let me find it. Um, the big, I call it the big blunder on YouTube. A lot of emotions in that shoot. So what will it be? In, oh, in that film. But yeah, it's like... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. I probably shouldn't be doing this. I should be focused on this right now. Oh, uh, the battery died. Yeah, Damn it. Big Never mind. Oh, show shit. Yeah, show me after. But uh, if I can play it on the screen. So you just have the audio. You don't have oh. you don't have video because the bat the battery. Died. Well, I have audio oh up to God. the point where it cut. And you had did you have well, we you had, had audio take, on the camera? We had the take you up, had the audio on the yes. camera because you didn't even have we had the, the sound guy. We had, we had, the, we had the the audio from this on the camera. Okay. Um. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So we we ha- we uh. I feel bad for everybody involved because it's like we, it was, you know, I thought we were going to have everybody behind me at every time. Like whenever I move this way, everybody's behind me. But then when you get down to like, all right, we got limited hours to do it. Um, and I thought we, if we didn't get it the first day, we, we could do it another day. That was before we got to that day. And I was like, wait, we don't have the makeup artist until yeah. like the next day. So we have to get it today. That, that was sprung on me. And I was like, oh shit. Where did you find her? um i think uh what's his name um t something uh guy with the beard i forget what his what's his name uh mike yeah mike why why am i thinking yeah mike trago mike trago Trago, okay yeah he He, sorry i'm blanking on your name like (laughs) (laughs) he had a connection yeah he had a connection um he he's a cool guy he he just he just like connects you with people he's like this guy who's like like when i first met him he's like He's like, uh, yo, man, like, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get my boots wet with, uh, with filmmaking and all that. And he's just like, he's yeah, like, he's yeah, doing, he, he's doing it right. He's just putting himself out there yeah, in, in dude, he's, different he's, projects he's, and get, it. it's all about the connections. It's all about networking. Yeah. But that, yeah. So that, that, like, I thought I was going to have a boom operator, all that, but like when it came down to it, I'm like, I was thinking about like Jocko Willink's mantra, like, like I'm like, reading his book right now. So good. I, I mean, I, a lot of, some people say it's like simple, but I'm like, that's the point. It's simple. Like I read a lot. I've read, I read a lot of leadership books. This is a book where this dude they they bled for this yeah. these these uh these like like discipline. Oh, no, it was, it was not. It was uh not discipline equals freedom. It's a different book of his. Um, but still, it's good. Um, it's uh extreme ownership, and yeah. that's what it is. It, it's extreme ownership of everything. The the problem is yours to solve. You yeah. have to. It comes down to you. The buck stops at you. And that's what, you know, that day I was like, that's where this comes from is like at that, that day, like I was like, all right, these actors are here right now. You were there. I plan to have you on my films in the future. 
like Mike as well and 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 uh and uh, and David and all these people and you know it's going to be really unfair if we spend all this time here today and not get it whatever we get today is going out there i felt that and i was like whatever we get today is going to have to go out there and it better be damn good <laughs> and that's where i was that's where that's where the white hair comes in because i was like it comes on it all all lands on me like i did this film because i wanted to work with people that i plan to work on with much more amb ambitious projects in the future right. and i want to develop a good working relationship with them i need to prove myself to them that so that they're willing to work on a bigger more ambitious project right, right. And, and they're willing to show up every day and um and not and, and not let me down and i'm not going to let them down and vice versa so that's where i was like that and that's really what it came that's really i think why my hair turned white in my beard <laughs> is because i felt like i failed everybody i felt like i i, I let everybody down and, and it was and honestly i thought it was because of my filmography is the stain of my film on Korea. It might've been some of that, but really it came down to letting people down. That's what it comes down to. It's kind of like, uh, well, you didn't let us down. I think you did. Thanks, I think man. you did a good job. I think it, it turned out. Yeah. I mean, I look pretty back. well. I mean, I used a clip from that on my acting reel. So yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. for that. You know, I'm glad that everybody was able to get something from it. Um, and I, I felt like, yeah, like I felt like looking at the take, like this is gonna be a decent film, but like, it's, like it, it, it was, it wasn't gonna be the magic bullet take that you know was like a freak accident that I was aiming for. Like I, I thought we were gonna get 50, like forty good takes. That's why I had all those like shirts for you. Yeah, I had we we only used how many like did seven. we go? How many? How, we only like, went we only through like, seven, or like like I don't know ten or something. Ten we, takes. I don't even know. But I mean, cause the scene because the itself stopped, was we like twelve. Before we got to the it's like a twelve part. minute. Is it like a twelve minute film? Yeah, but you know, I think what I uh, and then prepping in between. What might have helped is if even if we fucked up, we should have just went all the way through, because what happened was when we stopped early in. And that's um, what happened a lot in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it happened a lot in the beginning. What, what, what happened? Because we stopped early on, we weren't learning how to solve problems at the later end. on. Yeah, and and the beginning is shot really cool because it, I knew where I was going, I knew what I was doing, and it's really kind of tense and exciting because you're like, oh my god, this fucking camera guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing either. <laughs> he's got to figure it out, and 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 so it's tense for me to watch. I'm like. But then you see like later on where it's like, it's like, all right, it's the, the shooting is getting, the shots are getting, eh, but it's like, I I, I mean, I, like, like when the, the take happened where the battery died at that moment, when I was at, when we were right before the battery died, I was praying to God. I was like, God, please don't let me screw this up. Please don't let me fuck <laughs> this up. I remember that vividly. I was, I was just, please. Please, whatever you do, do not. <laughs> and the battery died. <laughs> I hope that I don't mess up the focus. I hope, like, I'm landing focus every time. I'm getting the shots right. I'm, I know, I'm like, literally, I'm relying on my instincts to know when to pan and when to stop because it's a 50 millimeter lens equivalent, and it's like it's a very zoomed in lens. Yeah, you don't have anyone guiding you around yeah. or anything. Dude, it's all instinct, all instinct, yeah. all instinct, improvised, and it's different every time. And and it was such a learning experience doing that. Um, but it, it just that moment I was like, oh, this is it. This is the film. <laughs> and I made the mistake of judging too early that we made it. And I, ever since that moment, I'm like, never again assume that you've made it before you have. 
You got to stay focused. Always, always say to yourself, I might fail, but let's do our best not to. I say that yeah. to myself all the time now because I get into this groove where I'm like, all right, I got this. I, I got confidence that I can make it through. And then when I screw up, when I think that I'm going to make it, then I'm like, it destroys me. I, 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 I tend to um, come apart in performance wise, you know, a, a little bit. Like I, I've gotten better, I, I, I'm better than, you know, usual, you know, how I used to be. But, you know, now, like, even when I haven't screwed up, I, I just like, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna screw up, I'm probably gonna screw up at this, but let's try not to, you know? And then when I do screw up, I'm like, all right, I expected this, let's go at it again. Yeah, so it's just, it. it's how you look at mm -hmm. failure, how you look at a setback. You can look at it as a bad thing, or you can look, at a failure as a good thing, as a as as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity to to get better, as an opportunity to learn a lesson. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it that way, then you're not going to worry about failing. You're not going to worry about screwing up. Yeah. Because it's just a it's just a learning process. It's it's you know. Yeah. It's it's a a, a process where you can learn a lesson. But you know I, that's yeah. how you have to look at failure. I know. Yeah. And then then, then you'll take more risks. Because you're not afraid to fail. And, and, and thing, the beauty is, I think, I think I look back and I'm like, like at, at, the, at the time I was like, why God, why, why did, why when I was praying to you that this, that I failed, that I screwed But see, up. you were focused on failure. Really, I think what, what it came down to though, I was like, that was the blessing. That, that experience, the way that it happened, everything about it, it propelled me to the tra trajectory that I'm at now where I'm going to storyboard all my films. I'm not going to, um, like, I'm going to plan things out. I'm not going to be pushing a, a film that really should take several months of prep work right. into one or two. Like it was literally yeah. One so film so of that prep work. setback you learned from, you grew like, from, you you know you I figured out you had to work on that. Yeah, yeah prep prep differently. Yeah. Let's um, see. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad. So there's no need to stress. Yeah. No, I know. At the time, I didn't know. I, it wasn't clear to me. But yeah, that's the thing. Like you, you, you take those experiences, those traumatic experiences, and and you kind of like. I mean, uh, to me, it was like a form of trauma because I mean, there's no way that this white haired shows up without it being some somewhat a burden on you. But yeah, it's like I can't believe that's from the film. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't either. But uh, that's funny, man. No, I don't. I, I just dyed it so I could make this. Story up every <laughs> but wait so um let me see the tell me uh what are the thoughts also um uh, uh, there's some other things i was going to mention that uh, the, the your script is super funny um like i was just laughing out loud really yeah dude I'm that's interesting because that's the one thing i was like you know what i'm not funny i'm not it's funny, funny dude so dude, it's that funny was like hell. really you yeah. think because i was like now we're, we're you switching know topics to back to back the, the bebops yeah. but I was like, this is the one thing that this is going to need. If, if this gets Dude, bought by like a studio or something, they're going to need to add a comedic element. It, wow. It, like, that's... I don't know if my family heard me. Like, I was just like busting, you know, I don't know, whatever you call it. Wow. That's good to hear. Uh, yeah. I just, and, and I think also part of it, it's like, I was also laughing, I think possibly in times like subconsciously of the fact that you, you, you have a, an agent and, and. I'm like reading this, like this Connie character. Hmm, I wonder who this is based on. <laughs> like, is that is that based on based on your? No, 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 it's not. Your, no, I love, I love the agent that I have now. But um, that's <laughs> that's 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 great to hear. And then, 
And then I was, I had a meeting out in LA recently and really? they told me uh, something about the script that was interesting. Cause I was like, yeah, I don't think, I think if, if with anything, we just need to add a comedic element to it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you just bring in that actor, you bring in that funny actor and they add that to, to it themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting to me cause I didn't think of that, yeah. but that's good to know that you thought it was funny. Thank you. Yeah, dude. It's, it's so funny. Um, but you know, you had a meeting out there in LA. Nice. Yeah. Just- yeah, how's that? Yeah, so what? what is your, that's an, I actually perfectly transitioned into the other thing I wanted to talk about, about this uh, script. Yeah, so you are uh, basically, um, you, you, you uh, what, what is the, what is your plan? Do you have a, like, do you want to talk about your strategy to get it made? Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I came up with the idea, I wrote the script, and then I wanted to use the kids book. So I self-published a kids book and mm-hmm. use this, I wanted to use this as a way to promote it. In, a, in like differently than what everyone tries to do. And then from there, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, a big studio gets on board or, or someone uh, who has a connection with a big studio or, or a big director gets on board and uh, yeah, make it, you know, I mean, that's, um, that's the plan is to get it, is to get it made big. Are you, are you planning to like, are you going to voice act like a, like be a Bernie or something? I don't have any uh, plans on being in. What, 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 this what, one, what element, but I want to be in Satori, the, the first yeah. one I made, I want to be, uh, the lead. I have to read that. I read the other, I read this one. I, I need I a lot the... of work on that still. All right. I'll look at it because yeah. there's, like I said, I just, I didn't know what I was doing. There's no structure. And I, I'm, uh, I have someone helping me with that one as well, but it would be mm-hmm. great to get your feedback yeah. too. Yeah. I'll take a look at it. Um, but it's just kind of all over the place. I had, I cut out the beginning. It was like 121 pages. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is pretty long. Yeah. And then I, I even just like format. You know, I, I didn't even I had have that problem where I, I just write really long shit. Like I, I just, I have the problem where I write, unless it's the pro the project I worked like a few years on <laughs> that just ballooned up. Um, right now, like boys be boys, the, the script, ver- like I, it, it was a short film. It's, it's, it's being expanded upon. It's, it's being extended. The scenes are being more fleshed out. And we're also just adding all these different, perspectives like like the we're really fleshing out the women's perspectives on it and making it more accurate to um women's perspectives with that whole world of what we're trying to put together and um make it true to everything and and but i still feel like it might i here's i don't know because i write in google docs i i can't write in final so that's what i that's what i write in and apparently my formatting is all messed up yeah so I, I just linked up with uh, Wilmington. Wait, Final Draft or Google Doc? Google. I use Google Docs. Yeah, me. me and I just linked Same. up with a college professor <laughs> uh, from one of my acting classes, and she's like a, a professor in screenwriting. Yeah. And I sent her Satori, and she's like, "This is like, wh- what did you use to format this with?" I was like, "Google Docs." And <laughs> oh, she's don't like, listen to them. But you know what? Here's the thing. So it went from like a hundred pages actually to like eighty. So whatever formatting I was yeah. using, it was making it much longer. That's the thing. Uh, I think uh, Norman told me because he was dishing on me for for writing it, writing the way I do. Um, he told me that um, it screenplay formatting is to get it more accurate to a page per minute. Yeah. Um, and then just all the other things as well. But uh, Final Draft is a good one. Just and but what I, what I do is I write in Google Docs and I don't do any formatting at all. I just I just write. I just enter just quote down on like paper. It, it, put the the dialogue in quotes and then yeah. Blah, blah blah says kind of almost like a like a like I'm writing a novel or whatever, but a lazy. 
Um, and then I just, and, and very, very minimal description. Um, cause that's just the way I, the way I, that's what it boils down to when I revise it so many times. And then, um, so I do that. And then once it's finished, then when it's, once it's finished and, and probably gotten feedback, um, and I'm ready to like, like copyright it, go through the copywriting process. Yeah. Then I write it into a, you know, transfer it into a script, but if I'm going to change things to make it match the script format, I'm going to change it into Google docs as well, just so that I can, um, you know, draw, go back to, if I'm going to rewrite something, I have to go back to Google docs. I have to write in there. I can't write in screenplay format for some reason. Yeah, like I just, it's just easier to use. It's I your, mean, my brain, that's what I use yeah. for the bebops too. But I think that's really interesting. We both do something similar yeah. with that, but yeah. Um, but I got, I got torn apart by uh Wilmington, uh, oh, yeah. screenwriting professor. Eh, whatever. <laughs> but but yeah. uh, that's how you learn, man. You got to yeah. put yourself out there, you know? Yeah. Um, but what is your what is your involvement with uh, this in terms of like the bigger production? What what is your involvement? Would you like to have just aside from writing it? Yeah, I mean, see, this, this is this is all this is all going to be new to me if if and when it happens. When it happens, you know, I think positively. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, whatever they would offer me, I mean, yeah. I would like to be involved in it. I'd like to be involved as a writer or maybe like so associate producer at- or something writing it and then getting it sold pretty much i want to i want to get get it made and i want to be involved yeah you know i want to be involved in it Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean the goal is to get it made and if i can't be involved yeah i mean the end goal is to get it made though but i mean it would be great to be involved and then to meet other people and get more connections and, and then you know that's your end you know see my my method like if i were to look at it i was like no, I didn't know how. I, I wasn't sure. I, I that was that was there, there's the route of going that way, like where you go and find like a get a, like a big production, go big, get like a big production to to back it and whatnot. And uh, I was normally like right now, the route I go is for like a director who wants to really refine his his craft of directing, and you know being an independent uh, indie filmmaker and, and, and all and and kind of have an independent path and not have to rely on um feedback that i don't think is accurate or true and 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 so my route has been like you know figure it out yourself like so i'm taking that yeah. route too on a different project yeah so yeah. i'm just i'm just throwing yeah you know just throwing things out there and seeing what sticks yeah. so this is this is a different route you want, you want, like that's a good, i think that's a good idea because you want to you want to like i worked with that dp who kind of upped my game if you do that if you go that route where you get this into the big leagues it's like and then i can make something that i yeah. want or i can make a passion project yeah myself where i have more control yeah so and, i'm, and, I'm taking you also are working with people who can up your game yeah so that's, and I have the connections now yeah. that I can do that. So that so I'm taking that route with this one. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, like we talked about, Satori, my first, my first screen, my first screen, uh, my first script, um, I'm using Resignation, which I'm making this February as like a proof of concept film, and we're going to use that to promote Satori and get funding mm-hmm. for Satori, and hopefully then make that myself with you know with my with my cast and crew if you get like really like successful and famous and and you become like the next like the or whatever uh don't forget about the world war ii film i want to make <laughs> <laughs> it, basically though but yeah so then we'll yeah. have the connections to make that thing big right, cool man yeah. yeah man here we go we're gonna we're gonna gotta think outside the moves. box you gotta think different because there's so many people out there that I are think, trying to do the same thing I, 
the reason I don't think in terms of like the reason I think in terms of like I just want to keep my project to myself and and make it myself. But I do. I mean, I do like the idea of working with people to like you know improve myself. But I want to work if I'm going to work with other people. It's like I want to do work on projects that I work on them with just with them and and not projects that I've spent like months, years, hundreds of hours trying to write and figure out just to take their feedback heavy handedly and, and screw up stuff that, you know, I was working so diligently on and trying right. to perfect the details of and, and do it my way. Um, like, you know, cause, uh, that, those are the films that I've come to love that I've come to watch a lot of. And it's, it's like, uh, there's like filmmaker, one of my favorite filmmakers, uh, Tarkovsky, like Andre Tarkovsky, this Russian filmmaker, you watch one of his films. It's like, it takes you to another world, man. Like, like you feel like time is expanding, because it's he he he's doing things that I still I read his book I've read his book once I'm reading it again because and I've watched all of his films more than once because I don't understand what he's doing but he but he's doing something with the actors and the and the performances and the shots and everything that just it feels like time is expanding and it's like your brain the first time I saw one of his films I felt like like this guy is a pretentious piece of shit. <laughs> I hated it. I hated his film, but I, just, I I didn't realize I was starting off in the deep end. His film, The Mirror, which is his most uh, autobiographical film, and it's and it's his most out there film because even when they're making it in the editing room, they almost didn't have it make sense and work for him. Which, if it doesn't work for him, it's not going to work for anybody, <laughs> right? Because like, but I've come to admire that. I've come to like those kind of films where it's like these people are doing what is so deeply intrinsically, you know, right to them. And it, it's not right to the masses. It's not right to most people. Like, um, it's not commercial. It's not, it's more like a fine wine that you have to acquire the taste for in order to really be satisfied by it and, and, and to appreciate it. But once you do, you can never look back at other films again, yeah. in, in the same way you can't like, you feel like it's it's like this is a great I, I have an appreciation for all these other films but it's like once you watch oh, you really appreciate these kind of films or like ingmar bergman you're like it's like it's like what, what, what i mean what is like something that's of high quality that once you you know are exposed to it it's like you can't look at anything else the same it just changes right the way you look at things yeah. and see things um, um can't think of what as as a producer now especially i mean my goal is to just have the best film made yeah possible mm -hmm. so that doesn't mean it I mean, has to yeah, kind of so it doesn't have to be necessarily my way you know even like in the book i'm reading now with jocko willink you know you got to put your ego aside oh, and because yeah. everyone's yeah, probably everyone really wants the same goal you know you you want that best film and i purposely surround myself with people that think differently because I want a different perspective. Yeah. So you get those perspectives and then together you make the best film. And sometimes you have to put that ego aside and say, hey, you know, my idea I thought was the best way, but I hear his idea and that actually works yeah. better. Or even in like a fight, a fight scene, you know, you, you think that you have uh, the best idea and then, you know, you have someone, you have a, the sound guy say, oh, hey, it might work better this way. And then you yeah. take that and use that, you know, you don't have to just do something a certain way because it was, you know, your idea or, you know, you just have to put your ego aside sometimes to get the, the best product because everyone wants just the best film. Yeah. 
I mean, and I probably I'm, the way I talk about these filmmakers, I talk I talk in a way where I'm like, like I'm making it sound like I probably am being leaning on the pretentious side. But no, I know what you mean, and, I, and that's actually how I am too. It's in a way, it's like I do like I do still get my friends to read the script and give me their feedback. Um, now I've also learned it's like you also want to know, but then at the same time you do have to stick to your yeah, vision because yeah. like, you don't want to be like okay. Well, that's yeah. not that doesn't work with my vision. That doesn't work with the film that I'm imagining. So I I, I, I hear you, but it's yeah. not the way that we want to go. And, and and like one way for like for so back when I was struggling to you know finish a script for like like for a while and actually get back to filmmaking, um, I really had to push my ego aside in terms of and my ego is different back then. I had I uh, was you know different views then, um, and. I had to honestly just, you know, um, kind of, excuse me, expose my, like, not an expose, no. um, I kind of had to just be open to what my friends and people around me that I trusted said, or I thought I trusted, um, you know, to tell me the truth. Um, because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Like I just, somebody help me, you know, give me the feedback that I can improve this, that I can get, you know, past this hurdle of, of, you know, getting stuck in quicksand and i started getting quick feedback and then i i would lean too far into you know taking too much feedback from people and i would learn that when you you can know when you're getting the wrong feedback when you you get feedback upon feedback where you get somebody to where you tell somebody else's feedback to somebody else and that person's feedback to somebody else and then you you know figure out what they have to say yeah. about them well, in it's, the end, you got to yeah. follow your heart. Yeah, true. You know? that, that too. But so some feedback but, but, you yeah. take and others you don't. Yeah. And, and, and what, one of the things was. But like, it's important to be open to yeah. feedback and critiques. Yeah. Yeah. And, you and, know? But the, this person who didn't say anything about my work, I thought they just didn't have opinion. When in fact, it was they knew that I was following something with my heart. And I was like, I knew what it was. And they sensed that and they saw it and they liked that that I was doing. And then when I started doing something else to be fitting in with somebody else's vision, they helped me kind of come back to what it is I was trying to do that was kind of closer to what I was trying to aim for myself. Right. And that that helped me understand myself better as, as an artist. And and I, I still, you know, that's why I've surrounded myself with people who I, I trust and who have given me good feedback that, that leads me closer to what, you know, is true to me. Right. Um, but yeah, you do have to like say, sometimes say, hey, uh, enough let's uh let's do it this way no yeah i, I yeah. agree you know you can't but yeah the ego is a thing you gotta tackle with i i still struggle with it whenever whenever as I, a leader or you know yeah. that's a big thing you have to put that ego aside and, and just mean, do you, what's you, best for the team and do what's best for yeah. that end goal i mean because everyone wants that same goal and you just yeah you have to focus on that and this is where you, you like your your experience with being a delaware state trooper and yeah you're, you're going in a swat we, we haven't talked about that you know yeah dude you're going to swat man. <laughs> yeah you, so i went you're, I went. you're gonna meet uh samuel jackson I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny my two brothers are uh delaware state troopers as well and they're both on swat mm -hmm. and they've been talking in my ear the last couple of years to get into swat because I, I i was on the dive team and the helicopter air rescue team and Damn. you can't do both um so now i'm transitioning and, and hopefully into swat I, I find out this week if i get the team or not but i went through a two-week intensive course mm -hmm. uh swat school and it was no joke it was no joke never been that sore in my life <laughs> but 
but it was Dude, fun. I learned a lot. You're like awesome training. This dude's jumping out of helicopters. He's going in a SWAT. He's he's writing about bees, man. I, I, I wear many hats. <laughs> Hire this guy. <laughs> dude, you're, you're, you're uh, like, that's why, like, when I first started talking to like, uh, you, I was like, dude, this this guy, there's something different about this guy. I, I, I want to work with him. You know, I want to become friends with him, you know, you know, and I, I'm, I, I you know, I'm fortunate that I, I get to call you a friend and uh, work Appreciate with you. Appreciate that. But yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, and, and uh, can we can we talk about resignation? Yeah, let's talk about that if you want. Or on here or or, or, or afterward? What, what is it? Or we can talk afterwards. Yeah. Or, or do you want? I mean, do you want to talk about it on the podcast? We can. Sure. I mean, whatever you want to do. Is I wasn't sure if that's what you. Well, am I allowed to say that you're on board? Oh yeah, yeah. No, they don't watch my podcast. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, man, I, I do appreciate that you're on board, and like I said, we got a lot of uh, great people. Yeah. on board in our cast and crew and things are just falling into place so mm -hmm. uh it's exciting and like i said i'm going to use use resignation to hopefully get some kind of financial mm -hmm. backing or studio backing to so we can make uh make satori satori okay yeah and i'll read but and that. i'm still that's still a work in progress yeah. so hopefully that'll be finished by the time that that happens that reminds me um so my process um and i actually kind of wrote this out because i was like i wasn't sure what route you were planning to go with um that animation because if you were planning to go the route of doing it yourself and what i mean by doing it yourself is like you know i enjoy you know trying to figure out how to replicate big studio systems all those that machinery from the out, like from 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 what I can learn on the outside and replicate it for myself in my own way, um, but I should probably get in like get as close as possible to it that so that I can learn from inside, and and doing that you'd have to like have you'd have to get involved in with them with like a film or something and I should probably do that more, um, but uh, uh, and everybody's like you should go to California Tom like if you're a filmmaker you should go to California everybody's leaving California now I know <laughs> yeah gosh yeah. what was it like there. What was it like? Uh, was it like really closed down there? Yeah, I mean, your like restaurants are really. You know, it's it's it wasn't much them. different than what it is out here, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, everything was supposed to be takeout or delivery, but they had outside, they had outside okay. seating. You know, they just acted like it wasn't associated with the restaurant. Yeah, I just um, keep hearing about it. Like, yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, and it's still beautiful. It's still California. It was yeah. seventy degrees out. Oh. I tried surfing. For the first time, and I go. By the way, don't ever try to learn how to surf in Huntington Beach, oh, because the waves are huge and it's rough. And I was like, you know what? I'm on. I'm on the dive team. I can do this. It's not related <laughs> at all to surfing. So it was brutal. I tried two days in a row, and I didn't even get close to standing up on the board. Oh, jeez. But uh, yeah, then we did. Uh, we did some Wait, hiking. Why Huntington Beach is it like bad? It's like just. It's just. Waves. I mean, those are big waves. That's oh, like geez. where where people who know how to surf go. <laughs> yeah. So I was with a guy who was really good at surfing. Like it's like his passion. He had, he has surfboards out in California actually for that reason mm -hmm. in like a storage unit and he surfs all the time. And that's where he wanted to go to surf. Mm -hmm. And he took me along. Oh geez. And uh, I mean, we're talking huge waves, you know, like 10, 12 foot waves. They're big waves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, There's a video on YouTube. It's like, you just get gutted, man. You just, oh, oh yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I 
I got gutted, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. <laughs> Wait, so like, like in terms of like an animation, I thought about like, how would you go about it where you're building from the ground up? Um, and I was like, I think it's figure out the details, the ins and outs, uh, find out the way you want to make it, you know, do it yourself safe or, you know, go the big budget route where you're finding a studio that, that is established that has the track record. Yeah, see, I wouldn't um, even know where to begin to make yeah. that on my own. Well, so, I my mean, thought would be like... I just figured it had to be made. Yeah. Well, I think you could do this with a, with a very, very minimal budget. almost. Not. Because if if you ever look, animation budgets are like yeah. $100 million. Well, here, here's the catch. Here's the thing. So you, if you, you could if you could I, educate I mean, I, me, I think I mean, and, and I mean, if I could, I'm definitely open to to seeing what another route would look like. It's gonna end up looking like Rusty Spade. <laughs> 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 but no, um, no, in all honesty, you know, no, I think it, like if I were to go about making animation, I, I haven't really written anything where I was like, I want to make this an animation yet, uh, except for Lego People Storm Area Fifty One. <laughs> go check it out. <laughs> but no, it's actually Clap the Aliens. Now I changed it. Um, that's what it was originally going to be. Um, find. Yeah, you find people to help create it, the 3D or 2D designers, depending on what, how you're doing it. Um, the modelers, animators. If you're doing a 3D design, I think Blender is like free, a free um, Blender.org. Like it's a it's a free 3D program that I've used. I've actually been designing a a a, a product, a 3D product. Actually, I was going to ask you if you wanted to like look at it, but then I'd have to have you sign a non-disclosure agreement after this. But it's up to you. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, but also. Um, it's like yeah you find the people with the talent and the passion um in terms of like 3d designers and animators and modelers i know a bit about most of it and i could help and so i know enough to know like who to look for and and i could i think they would know way more than i do so it would like find those people through like film.org or whatever resource you can find so you have to find like animators yeah but but assemble a team of people who are like hey look we're doing this we're gonna try to do something that's really as cool as like what big companies do but we're gonna do it so essentially just start together. like a just pixar yes yeah, yeah, basically starting a pixar basically yeah and and well hey if you uh yeah do don't know, trust me yet because it might we'll talk after to, it, i don't want it to can, end up looking like crap but because i i wouldn't but even if we made yeah. something really really yeah. short yeah oh yeah we could do that yeah we could do that we could make just us, to see or yeah. even like to use that to pitch you're right. Like to promote Fucking right like now. a trailer, like something yeah. short. That might work. I think before we do that, even before that, we figure out the ins and outs. We go back to the phase one or the beginning of phase one. I, I don't know. I call it phase. Fuck that. Um, you Basically, we would actually probably like really try to improve the script as much as possible until we can say, all right, we're good. Let's let's figure out what we're going to make. Or we know what we're going to make. Once we know what we're going to make rating wise and then find the right people, find a good team and then that team is probably going to change our minds about the entire process about making it. Right. Like, like all this is probably going to get thrown out the window when we find the right person, kind of like that DP I worked with who ups your level, yeah. like who's worked on these professional things. And it's like, let's do it this way. Or, or, in, or ask them the question. I'm oh, sorry. I'm spitting. Ask them the it's question okay. that they don't, they, they, they should be asking themselves, how could we do this with nothing? Really? Like, like when you like ask yourself, you know, that thing that you think you take 10 years to do, like 10 things, 10 years to master, ask, when you ask yourself the impossible question, how do you accomplish this thing, not in 10 years, but in six months, there's often where you can find these crazy solutions to things. When you ask these impossible questions, kind of, and I, I found this from like listening to Tim Ferriss and his podcast years ago, 
um, and, and Peter Diamandis, the X Prize Foundation, when you give people months instead of years to fi figure something out, and, and you give them an, a, a, like a, a prize, like, like the, like the, I don't, I don't think we'd have a prize or maybe we'd have to, but you know, like you, 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 you figure out how to incentivize the impossible. And then you, you find you that it. people do the impossible, right. and you incentivize it. But yeah, so you, there's a way to accomplish the impossible things of accomplishing a great film that is produced for practically nothing. Um, that's my belief. Um, and I'm still trying to prove it. <laughs> I think I'm getting <laughs> Well, close. prove it to me. We'll, we're going to we'll do that. We're we'll gonna, try at least. Boys I mean, boys we can still always, you know. Super professional. Boys Be Boys is be super professional. We could try something small, small with this. I think that'd be a better idea than yeah. the whole thing. Um, um, design the element. It's so once you get the people involved, the voice actors, you find some great actors. I know a bunch of people who I, I, I just think they're top of mind for different characters for my my films and we know a bunch of actors we could and, and going backstage we find more and i love this part of the process where you're trying to find people whether it's animators or whatever or actors because that's how i met you that's how i met all these people who have actually changed me yeah. over the years like when i was first starting out i didn't know what films.org was i didn't even know you could actually go on a website and find people that were interested in the same stuff i didn't know where to go and I like because and for years I was telling all these people I knew like oh I worked on this uh, as an extra or and a PA on this like this Civil War film never got finished I don't know what happened to that but like it was the coolest thing forever for me for years but then I didn't know how to get back into it I didn't yeah. know where to go I heard that some people found things on Craigslist but I didn't know how to use I didn't ever use Craigslist it seems kind of sketchy it's amazing the resources out there now yeah yeah go to film.org if you're in Philly uh, backstage all backstage there's uh, casting networks actors <laughs> access um, premium uh, it was a, no no production hub or something like that I think there's that's one I'm not sure I've never used it but um, yeah once you figure out the people and, and as you're figuring that out and you continue to figure out and add bring more people in because you you want to bring that talent pool in, um, people you can trust, right? Um, and and count on, and then start working with these talented people to design the elements, design the characters, the set pieces, um, and and you know tell like George Lucas when he did Star Wars, um, and did the prequels too, like he would have a bunch of different artists get to you know get working on the same problem. What does General Grievous look like? And a bunch of people just started doing things. He almost ended up being a child in a in a floating chair. General Grievous, one of my favorite characters because he's so cool looking. Ended up being a child, almost ended up being a child in a chair. But then there's one guy. So how that, did he get started? Well, like they, with Star, did he start with Star Wars or did he have? No, I can go into that. I, I know, I know, I know an answer to that. Um, but he, like, how did he get the financial backing? He, did he I have a studio back Star he, Wars? He uh, he was one of the directors who lucked out because they were in the right place at the right time. Back when all the studio heads were dying literally dying falling over dead nobody knew what how to make movies and they did this thing that they don't do anymore where all these studio executives coming in were new blood and they didn't know how to make movies so they were just like all right you're talented directors go make whatever you want that never happens now so he started he, he was one of those directors like Martin Scorsese. did he start um, with steven the, spielberg was one of those directors american graffiti yes yes he did that I haven't watched that. I'm going to watch. I it haven't soon. either. But so that's how they started. No. They were yeah. studios just came to them and yeah, said, like, "Hey, draw the Godfather, the Godfather." That was one of those films where, or actually, it was one of those films where uh, it was hell for uh, um, what is it? Um, what is his name? Coppola. 
because he, he just didn't like working on it. But but they were like, yeah. But he got to make the film he wanted to a degree. Like he had to like, you know, stiff arm them like the mob, you know. Yeah. But it's like he, you, you know, you. Uh, That's interesting. These, these all these directors got into Hollywood and got faint, like got big because they were in the right place at the right time. Yeah. They were they and they were all friends. They were all, you know, shitting on each other. Like, that looked like crap. Dude, somebody, in like, watched Star Wars. I think it was with Cronenberg or whatever, I, or somebody. Um, they were they watched Star Wars with, like, Steven Spielberg and all these people. They were friends with George Lucas at the time and still are. And they were like, that was the worst film ever, George. What was that? I didn't understand any of it. And he's like, here, here's a, here's a solution. And, and George was like, it's right. It's terrible. And then he's like, here's a solution have big scrolling letters in the beginning to tell us what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and that's how the store, the, the scrolling uh, so letters he, in Star Wars happened. So he had a product before, yeah. he had a film before well, no, Star yeah, he Wars. Was, no, he was working on Star Wars. Well, no, back when he was working on Star Wars, but then he worked on other films. There's a film um, called, uh, what's it? It's, uh, uh, it's basically, um, it's called, um, what is it called? Why are you setting? Anyway, um, it's called, uh, I can't, um, T T H X something something something. Uh, eleven night seventeen or eleven ninety seven something. One one nine seven something like that. But it's like it was this sci-fi film before star wars and it had all the elements of star wars like it, like all george lucas's tropes that he put in the movies like it just had his personality has his cutting style and also i mean his 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 fade like you know the fade the wipe yeah that's from kurosawa films man <laughs> and kurosawa was a master of that george lucas kind of just flipped it off a little bit wow. but like it's like he he i mean but they were all influenced by great filmmakers before them and these are the filmmakers that i i kind of watch a lot that I learned from now, um, that, that inspired them, their, his generation. But yeah, they, 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 uh, basically, uh, I hope I'm not, I hope I'm answering your question, but it's like, yeah, he, he started, they started out making these other films. And so, but he had fun, he had major funding for star Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah. But well, actually no. Um, to, well, yes, but no, it, it was, did he continue to own the yeah, rights well, here, oh, like it. how did that happen because so, it doesn't even happen anymore the first movie it's funny he says well it was actually really relatively easy to make star wars most half of it took place in a desert half of it took place on a sound stage with walls but wow. that started wow dude <laughs> like, i'm sorry i keep spitting dude it's like Easy to make Star Wars? Are you kidding me? But no, he's like, oh, it's easy. You just uh, half of it was in the desert, and half of it was on a, on a starship, and you make the starship and you sound stages, you know. And it's like, and what and they you, did on Star Wars was like revolutionary, they, yeah, right? Yeah. Like some of those, yeah, the models the, and 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 you the have special these effects. Cameras, I mean, like, yeah, just and you, they were, you were, you were, they were doing like layering things, like compositing. That was new at the time, and and they were doing it to a degree that was better than yeah it honestly looks like star wars then looks better than what they do now like with cgi yeah but it's because they had practical all these practical uh models and they you know use a lot of practical stuff yeah and, and the, you know that that gets lost and i think um and that's why like i see all these filmmakers today who are doing all these like cgi heavy stuff like even filmmakers on youtube like 
like corridor digital it's like it's cool and all but it's like whatever happened to you know cutting away from something because it was too expensive to make or it was impossible to make and you let the imagination create it for you as the filmmaker like jaws the shark you know you don't see the shark for half the movie. That's what made that movie successful. Yeah. And the reason that happened was there's a book uh, uh, about the filmmaking, like making that film and documentary. It's like the shark didn't work. Bruce, the shark, which was named after uh, Steven Spielberg's a lawyer or attorney at the time. <laughs> other story. It's like it didn't work. They had to. So they make had to keep you. it hidden the and whole time. That, but what, that builds a suspense. That made that movie yeah. like go to a whole nother level. Plus uh, George, uh, no, um, was it? Um, was it the, the the composer? Well, I'm blank on his name. Um, I'll think of it later. Uh, like that's what and that the the that soundtrack so iconic. It's like, dude, it's that and that and that one. The funny story was uh, the first screening. Steven Spielberg saw somebody get out of the theater, throw up in the back of it in the trash can, and then go back in. Like he he wouldn't want to go in and watch. Like he would wait outside. For people to come out and 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 somebody threw up and then went back in. That's how and he's like, that's, that's how, that's how he knew. It. That's how he knew. He was like, it's a hit. Wow. <laughs> like if you come out and throw up and go back uh, in, that's how you know it's a hit. Yeah. But uh, uh, but no. So so yeah, George Lucas. Yeah, they all were making films at the time. You know, and and it, George Lucas made a lot of indie films. Um, he made a lot of, and he was known for that. But you know, Star Wars, like the script originally was atrocious. Um, uh, the the. Uh, the actor who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, I'm blanking on his name. I usually know it, but it's just, we're two hours into the podcast, but he's like, he, he, like, he was like the most prestigious actor in that. He didn't want, he had been on the bridge on the river Kwai and, and it's like now to this day, like he was like, ever since, like he resented the fact that everybody, he'd been in Oscar winning films, but Dr. Zavago, I think, uh, but, but it's like everybody remembered him from that film yeah um lawrence no not lawrence uh not um but yeah but uh yeah they 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 kind of were in that place where they could make whatever they wanted and have the big like have this financial financial backing but it's like i think right place at the right time you have to as a filmmaker to grow it's important to make it's important to make your films a certain way. You have to have a certain level of control because if you don't have that control and you're being dictated by, by the system and you don't have that freedom to like control what you're making, you, you start making film. I fear that you start making films that you're, that aren't yours. And then you start and you can't make films that you know will help you grow into the better filmmaker you want to be. You can't think strategically as a filmmaker and make like, like, Feeding the fire was a strategic step for me. A lot of my films that I do now, it's like to unconsciously, I realize they're a strategic step to improve me in some capacity right. or many capacities. Um, and, and it's like rusty spade shooting it in one take that improved me. Right. Like in a strategic way, like it, it improved the next films after that in a way. Um, and sometimes it's not obvious, but it's like, you have to go that route and fail and do it the way you want. And and then you can, and, and when you can follow your gut, your gut knows what you want to make because it knows what it's going to teach you when you do that. Right. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, that's why, that's why I like to do it yourself route. Um, but, but yeah, like 
we design the elements of characters. And this is where, like, with George Lucas with Star Wars, this is something you don't need funding to do. You just need a bunch of passionate artists and get them excited about it and say, here, this is what this character is. Here are a bunch of details about it. Give them a page, a one pager um, that defines this character, what this, this location is, and then let them run free. Bunch of different people run free in every different direction that their intuition makes them go. And then when you when you compare the works and you you get together and it's like let's look at what you made what's what we made I like this element or I like this entire thing you yeah. did and then you 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 find from that that like that's how you find the look of the film it's from you know creative collaboration with a bunch of people and then once you have all these elements once you go through the you have a breakdown of all the things you need all the characters you need to design all the elements and maybe you don't even design some things in 3d for this you you actually shoot it practical and use that as the background like like outside you can shoot like on like a camera like this you you get like the the like like we we figure out what the animation is we storyboard it so we know what the background needs to be what movement it needs like if we use a gimbal to like have the camera move like as they're like maybe the bleep bees flying like i forget if there was a part but like you you know what the background is that's what i learned from the, the lego animation you know what the background is you know what the movement is from that storyboarding when you do storyboarding then you can figure out how you can do practical stuff with a camera like this and shoot things and then try to make everything else all the animated elements in 3d photorealistic to match that right and that can become like an inspiration to make to up your level up your up your game of the animation to make it match that now you design all these character elements, all these things, and that's where the real juice comes in of of the of making it look amazing, make it look really inspiring, and also the storyboarding element. Um, we storyboarded the entire film. I think if if it was like if I say we you and I co-directed it, you 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 your co-director, I'm co-director. You're gonna storyboard the entire film, and I'm gonna storyboard the entire film separately, and then we come back and we compare our storyboards. Right. For every single shot and then we're going to both do it differently we're going to have different um visions i mean it's your film i would side with whatever you want to do but you might like what i did but yeah something. and that's where i was i yeah. was saying you know the best idea wins it's not yeah. who comes up with the idea yeah. and and then then we do the deep prep work of the actors like i was saying the 90 hours of like an hour per page where you're develop you're going from you know, raw feelings and ideas and inspirations about what this character, this what's going on in this scene, the, the throughout the entire film, this character, what's this, you know, and then you translate that to actionable, uh, you know, directions, mm -hmm. and that is what we would use as like just visceral tools when we're directing the actors for voice acting, like using mics like this in a sound booth or some quiet location. Yeah. And we don't even need that much of expensive equipment. We just we could use this, um, probably, um, and it's just the right location, and get ninety percent of the way there, compared to like or ninety five percent of the way there with this. It sounds great. Yeah. Like like this sounds this is high end, man. Like or can or you know it can. When you compare them, some most people aren't going to tell the difference compared to like like thousands of dollars worth of mics versus hundreds of dollars worth of mics right. like this. Like this these are these are good for like. For that but like it's, i mean and especially I starting mean, small with yeah. like uh just even like a scene or something these are or, good mics yeah, yeah they look they look they look legit but it's and, and and they sound they sound pretty good um sound like asmr <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sorry, <I'm spinning. laughs> but yeah so storyboard and deep prep work with the actors and then go to work putting together the sound design this is what i learned with uh um the animation i did what really worked well with that um with animation 
what I what I realized while I was when I was trying to figure out how do I make this work? How do I make the timing work, the humor? And I found the way is like, don't start animating until you finish the sound design. Finish the, the sound design to like the 99.99% finished degree. And what you have then is you know that works. Once you know that once you're laughing because of the sound design, if you can just listen to the sound design and picture the entire thing with and the storyboards laughing. and you're laughing, yeah. you got it. You got it. You're 90% of the way there or 50% of the way there. Then you just have to take it home with the, the visuals. And, and once you have the sound design, it's, and then you can actually layer the storyboards you drew in, in video. And you can actually watch the entire movie with your, your team and say, this is the storyboards with your all your drawings that we like for these different elements we used for inspiration. And then we did the sound design we can all watch it and feel it coming alive before our very eyes, before we even begin animating it and putting all these model 3D modeling, putting all these things together. And then those people who know, who are good at that, who are will, who are who we, who we get passionate about by showing them this, getting them realizing, oh my God, we're almost there. We, we have it, it's, it's practically there. It's just, we have to take it from a drawing. So the voice actors do everything before the animators? I would say yes. I huh. personally, I I don't know. I, I would mean, say I would say it's it's a better route just from experience because is that like, how they normally do it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, yeah. They might not, and that might well, actually because be at, at some point they would have to with the you know the mouth. Well, yeah, yeah. You do need you to know? animate to the voice at yeah. performances, and that's why I think it, it, not only voice audio recording the voice actors, you could film them so that the animators can use that as a reference or the, I mean, and the animators will also use themselves in a mirror as a reference. Animators will look in a mirror and, and try saying the lines and they can record themselves saying the lines or mouthing the lines, but it helps them to have the actual, the yeah. actual performances from the actors. And if we direct them with all the prep work we did with the acting prep work, it's like we, we can get those performances to feel real. Even if it's on a sound stage with mics like this, even if they're in a sound booth, we can get them yeah. to that place and get them performing. Um, and then we start with, so, uh, deep prep work, kind of go through this, get the sound design, right. And then put this storyboard to the sound. And, and then we have a movie pretty much just drawn. And then once, uh, then while that's there, it's like, then we go the route of having all the people, our 3d modelers model the things to match the vision. And then those are our assets, our, our models, they texture them, all those different things. I don't, I haven't done texturing in 3D and Blender 3D, but I know I can, I can learn that myself, but it's, 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 all this is extensive. Like you need a team of people yeah. that know what they're doing um, and are motivated. Um, but it, if you make this, you could, and, and you get all these people on board, you can probably so get it's them. possible. Yeah. You could probably do something. And then to. Even if you just start yeah. small or make like a trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like just or start, make something like a, like a, a short promo video or something. Yeah. Something that we could use to yeah. um, make it bigger. And then in terms of like Pixar, they have they have like probably hundreds or, or dozens or hundreds, I think hundreds of like high end computers processing data for rendering out the final film with all the lighting simulation, all the stuff they do. Now it's possible we could like do the artwork, the design work, design it in a way where it's not gonna be that technically complex to, to render it as like a Pixar film would be, or, or like a big you know budget film. 
You don't have to. They just do that because we got fuck you money and we're going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to think about they that. Have $100 Some, million dollar budget. Sometimes, you know, you got to ask yourself, is it, you know, sometimes like, like how often do films like your big production companies do things just because they have the money to do it? I bet it happens more often than people think. I mean, there's there's this role that somebody on film.art, I forget who it was, but it was like they're asking for like a COVID, like like a COVID compliance officer. I was like, what? What is that? And I, I looked into it and I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense. But I'm like, for like yeah, small they budget, have, they do have them. Yeah, yeah. All right, so it makes sense for like big budgets, at least for me. But like, small I did a J.P. Morgan and Chase training video, and they yeah. had they had one on. Did set. they have like instant tests, whatever, whatever? Yeah. No, uh, we for that we had to test. Uh, I think the day or two before, and and then bring okay. that result yeah, it's like with us. A few us. times a week, I think. But they're just basically on set to make sure everyone's, you know, following the guidelines, following the rules. When I first saw that, I was like, all right, everybody who's afraid of dying or, or giving this disease to somebody they know and love, it's like they're going to know the rules for the most part, especially people who are in filmmaking. I think it's like they, they the, you know, they're, they're, most people are going to be like, all right, we're, wear a mask and social distance. And to me, that's like, that's what you do. And, but then there's, I heard there's like the zoning system, like zone A, zone B, something where, where you, like nobody goes into zone A unless it's the talent and you have to stay away from them. Oh yeah. I, I didn't like experience that, that yet. Um, and I thought that was interesting and it, it did keep and plus testing every day or, or very often. Kept, yeah. They probably kept, do that on big production. Yeah, the, 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 the infections down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I guess I, I figured that up, but it's like, I, a lot of times it's like, there are, there has got to be things that they do that, you know, a small budget person who doesn't have the same resources, you know, can't do and don't need to. Right. Um, no, you probably you wouldn't know, what, need like, some of those things. I mean, and th this comes full circle to that, what that, what that guy said, you know, take people to where they want to go, not necessarily where you can go, you know, you know, what's easy. They want to go somewhere that it's, that's hard to go. And you know, I mean, and, and with animation, you can do that much easier um, than like live action or independent filmmaking. But it's like, that's one of those philosophies. It's like, yeah, I mean, you have to, it, I mean, you have to think outside the box, but it's, um, I mean, it, it kind of just gets you down this road of, of caring what, about what isn't as important. What is important is story and, and, and the performances. If you, if you can have a really compelling story, with really compelling characters, writing and, and dialogue, and really compelling performances, um, people will forgive you for not going, for not having the Titanic in your film, for not, yeah. you know, being on Mount, like being on the, you know, on front of a, a, a volcano, you know, shooting something live for real in front of a volcano. It's like, but then again, they will appreciate that. People will appreciate that. I get it, but it's not. You know, for for me, what matters most is is the performances and and or the story and the performances and, and I think I I think I'll start to care more about bringing people to places where they haven't been. I think I should um, yeah. to take that advice. Uh, but yeah, like back to what I was saying, render farms. There's actually services I think that you can go you know pay for where they have hundreds, thousands of computers, and you just like are like here's the file, do this, I need this exported. And they'll do that processing power of like the, the level of Pixar. I'm sorry, they'll make it like an animation. Yeah, I mean, for well, well, no, you have to like have the provide them. You with have to the provide them with everything set up or whatever. I think. Storyboard. 
It's oh, it, that's interesting. Yeah, it, like you like. Well, that's something. Uh, something. It, 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 you're outsourcing well. processing power. Basically, you have to do all the animating and get right. and, and and get it ready so that you it they'll process it for you. Okay. But it's like yeah, I'm, I mean that's. But then again, I've I'm the computer I got where right now it's like I could. I I wonder what I. I haven't pushed it to the limit with animation. I could try something. I'll talk to you about that. Afterwards. Yeah. But um, uh, animate things to make sure they they make they work with the sound design and then and altering things and you know keep going until the film's finished. You know, keep altering things, and making sure that it's fine tuned. You know, like a film, like anything, like a writing process. You're reworking it. But then that's where you get to the part where I really I'll admit this is where I'm weak is. When you finished a good film, if you, you know, when, when I finished Boys Be Boys or this World War II film I'm working on, what that's the name? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What, what do you do then? Probably shouldn't have said the title, but it's <laughs> <laughs> the first I'm hearing of it. I'll probably cut it out because <laughs> I don't want it being stolen because <laughs> it's a good title because there's a reason for it. Um, but it's, uh, once you get, so remember Tom, mental note, block that out. <laughs> but uh, I'm probably being too paranoid. But anyway, you know, once you get to the point where, say, you've done all these things, you've made a film that is on par, in, in technically speaking, on par in, in the ways that counts, or better than what big budget film companies do. If you can pull that off, then what? And I'm learning the hard way. You then have to get eyeballs. How the fuck do you do that? Like, I'm learning that, like, like when I did Rusty Spade, that was bef like, I hadn't done anything in a while or uploaded anything to YouTube. I'd done things in, back in high school, but I thought, this is such a cool project. These are cool projects. You know, they're just going to find, the views are just going to come. But they don't. Yeah. I mean... So I you mean, have to, I make you some, have to figure I out how to get it out there. I mean, people have told me that like, like I make some things that are real, like good enough that it's like, it, it, it's, it should be getting more views and it does. Um, then what then, and, and things that, you know, aren't as good, you know, you'll say, not just me, <laughs> but like that, that, that it's like things that aren't as good, like get more views, but that's just because of marketing. That's because these people do it consistently. Yeah. I, 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 I realize they have a they have a large fan base or yeah, are it's like I think it's consistency. Following. That seems to be a thing, but I've tried that with some and sometimes, but I, I can't do it at the level I do it. Yeah, the quality's not there if you were if you're doing it constantly. Yeah, uh, and you see it like you can I can spot it like like everywhere when I look at like like YouTubers who even if I do like they're doing like sketch comedy they like you can tell that they're really trying to push something that's not funny. And, and like, like recently, like I've been waiting and, and I've been trying to come up with an idea for a sketch for months. I came up with one recently. And the reason I came up with it is because I gave up trying to think of sketch ideas. Like it's weird. At one point I was trying so desperately hard to come up with a sketch idea. And that's how I came up with them. one. And then what, for whatever reason, after that, I had to give up on coming up with sketch ideas. Yeah. Like I tried sitting down and writing them, but you know, if you're, to come up with a good idea that turns into a good script, I learned you you don't want to. It doesn't come from sitting down and sitting at the page and writing. It comes I, for me. I think it comes from, or some people it does, but and or it actually feeding the fire kind of did. Um, but I think I've I've come up with better ideas from not doing that. 
It comes from being away from the writing process. It comes from going through your daily life, driving down the road. Yeah, because you have music. to get those ideas. Yeah, they taking don't... a nap, working yeah, out. Yeah, if you're just Dude, isolated, so not doing many... anything, you're not going to get ideas. Yeah, so many great ideas come to me when I'm working out or napping or, or, or meditating. And yeah. it's like, that's where the juice comes from. And, and it's like including ideas that I work into story ideas I'm already working on. Like I, that's how I solve problems. I don't solve it in the writing process. Well, I do a lot of them. I do a lot of the problems I have to solve. I do like, how do I write this? How do I word it? How do I get it to sound right when I speak it? Like there's some tactical problems you have to do, but the, the bigger, like overarching, like problems where you have a bird's eye view, those you have to be away from the writing process. You have to get away from that kind of uh, high frequency, you know, you know, very jittery kind of, uh, What's the word? Uh, I forget what the word is, but you know, you're just, you're just in a kind of a a very focused mindset. You need to diffuse your mindset. You need to diffuse. You need to be back backing away. You need to be working on more than one project so that you're you know you're you're creating enough difference in 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 perspectives. Um, like like uh, there's this chess. I told this to Norman. It's like there's this chess um, prodigy uh, who the film. Searching for Bobby Fischer is based on, if you ever heard of it, it it's, it's based on Josh Waitzkins. And his family would take him on voyages when his competitors were playing chess and learning moves and, 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 and you know, learning how to, you know, play better. And, and he wouldn't play chess at all. He would be on, like, you know, out in the waves. And then when he'd come back, he'd have these, like, artistic, these, these movements, these, these moves and strat these things that are on the level of art so he go out and get the life experiences yes. and that's why and i think that's why make... that's what stuck out to me about you the fact that you you're like a delaware state trooper i think that's part of why you're you wrote a good script that's why i'm not jealous of <laughs> no i don't know <laughs> no it's like i think that that plays into it man yeah when you it's have a different that, perspective yeah when you have that real life thing where you're you're actually when you're going you're delaware state trooper you know, you're, you're focused on, you know, real life things. You're, you're focused on real, like, like you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're focused in some situations where it's like, sometimes, you know, you're going into dangerous situations yeah. or could be dangerous that you don't know. You just don't know. And, and it's like, I wish more people would appreciate that, you know, in this day and age. I'm trying not to get political, <laughs> <laughs> but it, oh God. no, Tom, no, <laughs> but no, it's like, uh, it's like uh no yeah. i get what you're saying just getting those different perspectives getting different life experiences helps you yeah helps you write yeah. it helps you come up with those ideas because I, I all i'm focused on on a daily basis is how to make films and that's not interesting and that's why i have a rule it's like don't make movies about making movies because then you're just a snake eating its own tail and you're boring as fuck <laughs> <laughs> like how many movies have you seen where it's like it's about making movies or write about right a, a screenwriter wrote about writing the a writing process wally b you know it's yeah. like all right yeah just uh that's boring as hell for most people but it's fun for writers but if you're not a writer oh yeah. that can be interesting to other people but it's like yeah I, I make that rule for myself and i also told myself no sequels um which is another thing it's like you have to set these rules for yourself i think where i try to because i feel like it's like you don't want to get into this trap of 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 doing something that for the wrong reasons right um, and i think writing a movie about making movies is because you you're not expanding your outlook you're not ex you know the World War II film, 
I'm surprised. Like, I was surprised as that was coming together in the beginning that those ideas were kind of. Do you have a script for that? I'm I'm working on it's that. a it's going to be a feature. Probably, I have no. I'll find out when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> like my writing process, I don't know how long it is until it's done, but uh, I'm I, I actually just started reworking from the beginning again just to like yeah. polish it or not polish it, but like I I found out that I was writing. Well, I was I was doing my writing process at, at the wrong time of the day. I found that doing it after my evening meditation made it much richer and much more th- thought out. And really, yeah, um, I have to write first thing in the morning. Well, I've, that's when I've, my I've mind's the sharpest. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Like I think that. And sometimes well, I come up with I- that, ideas it's... like at night or even in the middle of the night. I'll, w- I'll wake up and and have a, this crazy yeah. idea, and I'll go out and write it down, and then I'll go back to bed. But yeah. Like I get the best work done. Like do it that way. Do it if it works. After for you, do I do uh, my morning routines and yeah, yeah, I get in the zone. Yeah, no, I I found that like just I I it's it's it has to do with my meditation. It was like it was my morning meditation. I have morning meditation, evening meditation. My morning meditation is is mantra work. It's deep. It's focused. But my evening meditation, I just lie there and think about things. Mm. And I think because I'm diffused, I'm thinking about whatever I want. For some reason, my brain is being structured. It's better at structuring things, and and so that's where you get the creative ideas. I think. Part but do you part actually write after that, or do you just I write go, down I, the idea? I take a nap. Well, I'll think of ideas while I'm na- or meditating or yeah. napping. Even when I'm napping, I'll think about the problems that I'm having, and I'll, I'll work through them, and then I'll I actually have better ideas from napping. And yeah, I get a, I get a lot of good ideas meditating, or yeah. or if I have like a issue that I need to work out, I think about it when I'm meditating, and mm-hmm. I usually figure out the solution. Yeah, yeah, you uh, and, and but but just the fact of of doing this diffused, you know, relaxed evening meditation before I you know go into writing mode, I found. It was harder to get the discipline to go through the writing because when you when you meditate in a relaxed state, I don't know what that is. Um, when you meditate in a relaxed state, you're just you're less disciplined and it's harder to get through. It's like harder to will yourself through. But what I found was the quality was way better. Like the reason it was harder to get through it was just the quality, the raw quality, the the thought process was much more coherent and mm-hmm. and deeper. It came from a deeper place. And so I think um, that's why that works. And uh, um, so I've been reworking from the beginning. I, I'd rather people, you know, re- I'd rather people view it. <laughs> I'd rather people view it from like when it's kind of close to being finished. And uh, so I'll, I'll get it to you when it's close to that. Okay. Another thing is, I think it's my niece. She's yeah. Draw, pulling something around. But uh, I think um, what was like what was I gonna say? Um, why am I asking? We were talking about meditating. Um, I think uh, what something I was watching. I was well, when it comes to screenwriters talking about their screenplays. I was I I, I was surprised to like I I always like copyright my works um, before I show them to people unless it's people like I. I think, you know, they're definitely not going to screw me out. <laughs> they're not going to take this yeah. run with it. Or, I mean, like for, 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 for I kind of want to keep it under wraps until I, I know, I know what it is and I'll know what it is when it's finished. It's weird. It's weird. Like boys, we boys, like I, I finished an early draft. People have an idea of that. Um, this, I want it to kind of find its way. Um, but, um, I'll probably get some people's feedback on it, but it's, I, I kind of want to, what was I going with this? Uh, 
Let's go. This is where this this is why I stop usually after it's been two and a half hours. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Um but we're gonna yeah, have to wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap this up. Um but yeah, so it's Yeah, I'm losing my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to like zone out too. Yeah. Like, you know. Um and I have to get I have to use the bathroom again. <laughs> yeah, let me let me try to think of it real quick. Um if I can think of it in ten seconds. It's not happening. Uh, Read the nutshell technique. It's good. Yeah, I will. Um, but yeah, I, I'm honestly just. I think we should just. You want to call it? Yeah. Close here. Yeah, um, we'll call it. Call it a wrap. Oh, and the other thing, real quick, the the marketing of festivals. Um, like like the, the the plan. This is what I want. I want to finish on on this. The plan for like boys be boys and like purple hearts is, um, marketing plan is is like go to, uh festivals um take it to festivals um but a finished product like like i want the film to be finished so that i can say that's that's the film that's the film i was set out, i set out to make and i made it and if you like it and you want to like if i get, if some big studio comes approaches it you know that i'd rather they come to me when it's finished not when i don't know what it is kind of like the world war ii film right like i'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> I want, because I'm at a, I've been in that place where I met somebody who was way ahead of me and I, I just, I think I'm vulnerable in that sense that I, I over trust people, you know, I over trust their ideas over mine in situations like that. And I'm like, I, I let them take the idea and make it their own. And then I just, I find out when it's too late and luckily I just backed out before it was made because I feel like if that film Jody was made, I would have, it would have done something to me that it would have been permanent and would have been irreversible. And I'm not sure what, and I, it scares me to think about what it would be. It would be the thing that you see happens to filmmakers where you ask what happened to them? They, did they like sell out or they just started making these cash grab movies and he stopped caring about quality. I feel like that's what would have happened to me. And I just, I mean, not necessarily cash, but, but films that just aren't like what they don't feel right. Like there's something that's inherently broken about it. And well, it's not, it's not, you know. it's not the worst thing in the world to have that happen. Like I said, learn from your failures, learn yeah. from your setbacks, learn from your mistakes. And you can't be afraid to have that. You can't yeah. be afraid to have that happen. Yeah. Cause then yeah, you won't true. go out there. Then, you won't yeah, put yourself you won't, out there. Yeah. You won't. You have to put yourself your out there. Yeah, I guess luck I'm, is when opportunity meets preparation. Yeah, you have to be out there. Quote, yeah, but yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I do. What I, I do try to open myself up to that, um, but it's like I, the same time I'm like Tom, don't do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here I am, like being like, no, oh, I don't, I don't do that. I'm a rebel. I can I do it my way. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, I mean, I do listen as much as I can to like what you know, people say that, you know, are ahead of me. Yeah. But then at the same time, yeah. trust your gut. So yeah. it's, it's a balance that you have to find yourself. Yeah. Uh, so I think, uh, I think we could, I think we can call it out. Well, a, thanks. Thanks for having rap. me. Tom profit takes six. Um, they started calling it Tom profit take, which is like the new name of the podcast. instead of Tom profit podcast, which is just pretty bland i think tom profit take where it's like you know you'll take six it makes it's like a movie i like it works it's catchy but i well thanks for having me tom yeah, and man. uh thanks for letting me talk about my book and 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 the screenplay and 
Just let me look forward it. to uh, working with you in the future. Yeah, man. All right. Catch you on the flip side. Yeah. And uh, well, wait, real quick, uh, how, where do you want them to reach you or, fi- or not find you? Uh, you guys can find me uh, at my Instagram, underscore Kevin McCauley. Um, I also have a website for the book, uh, www.brightco.com. It's uh, my company. Uh, it's a publishing, productions, and personal development company. Um, and those are really the best places to find me. Okay. All right. I'll try to link that in the, the description. Awesome. That'd be cool. Been ways and yeah, and you can find the book on the website. You can also find the book on Amazon. Just to search uh, the Be That Dance to Bop. And like I said, the hardback is now available. Oh, yeah. We almost forgot that. So Good, good thing we got that. Yeah. Hardback right. is available. So this was just the notification. This was the announcement of that. So yeah. All right. it's exciting stuff. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, man. Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great stuff. Thanks for listening or watching. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For notes and links to things mentioned on the show, my films, the video version of the podcast, or select the clips from each episode, go to profitableproductions.com/podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two f's, two t's. Also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at Tom Profit Take and at Profitable Productions. Thanks again catch you on the next take.